Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick. And I got Chuck and Justin with me. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Another day, another dollar, man. Another day and another dollar. You ain't kidding, man. Chuck, what do you say, buddy? What do you got out there, man? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think we, Uh-oh. I think we, uh, I think we lost Chuck. That's, uh, that's, 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 that's so sad. What are you going to do, man? Where is he at? <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Well, uh, while we're at it, we got uh, we got a great guest joining us tonight that I think is going to uh, uh, be a real pivotal piece in in this conversation here tonight, and that's uh, that's Dustin Hart. Dustin, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Hello, how's it going? It's going Thanks good. For, man. Uh, having me on the show again. Yeah, absolutely, bud. So what uh, we are going to work out a quick little video snafu here and get uh, get get everyone up there so we can see you, man. There you go. So we are back. How's that, man? We got we got it all figured out, man. We got it all figured out. So, uh, so Dustin, you're here to talk to us uh, mainly about um, what we got going on in these broken realms. Yep, daughters of Cain, baby. Yeah, daughters of Cain. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, uh, it's been a while, it, but it, yes. It always seems like uh, the daughters of Cain kind of, kind of, kind of bring their, uh, their, their their snaky heads back up and, and, and give us all something to look forward to in this game, man. And, you know, they've always been, even, even when they get so they're, they're one of these armies, I think that are kind of supervious to nerfs, but I think what we're going to be getting into here later with the broken realms and Marathi and, and even some of the tie-in armies like Iden of Deepkin, Slaves of Darkness, even of course the Stormcast Eternals, they're kind of supervious to the ebbs and flows of, of the game. I think, wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, Darth of Cain have been fairly consistent. I mean, they've had a, a little bit of adjustments over uh, their their lifetime. But yeah, I, I feel like they're not radically different than they were when they first came out compared to some armies that a new book comes out and they'll, you know, it gets flipped on its head or whatever. So that's, that's exactly right, man. And hey, Dustin, you got a compliment that just came in on the boards, man. Jason Moss, you know, he basically just says, I trust anything that that guy says based off of that beard. And this is what I was trying to tell everyone. <laughs> this is what I was trying to tell everyone. He's like our, he's like, he's like Grimdark Live's own Tormund from, uh, from Game of Thrones. You know, we, we just got to find surprisingly, like, surprisingly, I don't play giants. Surprisingly. Well, you know, we got to find like if a anything, seven foot blonde. Giant well, you're, you're you're not the only you're not the only one that's not on the giant bus yet. So, <laughs> but you know, but we will find like a seven foot tall blonde for you there, Tormon. I mean, Dustin, no problem. <laughs> All right, so I think we got Chuck back. Chuck, you with us, dude? Uh, can you hear me now? We can. Yes. We yeah. can hear you now. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh my god! Thank goodness. 
So, so everybody, yeah, we got we got a great show ahead of us. And, and you know, guys, thank you very much for joining us here tonight on Grim Dark Live. And, uh, and if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And don't forget to follow us on our podcast. We'll be having that out a little bit later as well. So let's get into this. And, you know, first of all, I want to throw out there, thank you guys so much for uh, the absentee show last week. But I was, uh, I was down, man. I was down with a bad back. I don't know. You know, it, it's one of those things, gang, that, you know, you always – uh, you always, you, you always take for granted your back until it's not, until it, it's not there anymore, man. But I got to tell you, I was like a freaking gimp. I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I couldn't do nothing. So thank you guys very much for, uh, for letting us uh, kind of take last week off. I really appreciate that, man. But we are back with a new back. We're, we're, we're back, man. We're back, 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 we're back, back. Okay. But, uh, but yes, we do. We got a great show ahead of us. I mean, we got a lot going on in the news. We're going to touch on last week's rumor engine too, if we can do that, because mm-hmm. I don't think there was enough emphasis put on it over the last week. And trust me, guys, I had a lot of time laying in bed, looking at YouTube, watching this whole thing, nursing my, my bum back. And, you know, and, and in all truthfulness, I got to change my ways, man. I mean, I got this bad back because it's like, you know, living your life like a carnival on fire, man. It all just caught up with me all at once. But I had a lot of time to kind of sit back and look at all these different YouTube videos that were coming in and great commentary, but I don't think they really touched on it. So we're going to go back and we're to look at last week's rumor engine just a little bit we got this week's rumor engine but then of course man we're getting into it man we got marathi we got shadow and pain uh we got some cool stuff that i, it, that I want to touch on it, it's something called tempest fall and that's going to be in the news too but other than that man it's going to be the broken realms marathi it's going to be all that good stuff um rolling through it so what do you think guys anything you want to add to that or are we ready to get going we got we got lots and lots of news to cover lots of things happening yeah, in, in, in the world of gw that's it man that's it. By the way, check it out. That's my monkey cup, dude. What do you think? Yeah, my picture on there. All right. So, I love it. There it is. So, but 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 here's the thing. Before we get going, I know we got to do this. I know we got to do this at the start of every show. So so, but don't answer it now, here, <laughs> folks. Don't answer it. But but here's the question of the day uh, that we're going to be reasking here a little bit later on in the show. And here it is. So here's the question of the day. Does an army have to check every box? to be considered a meta army or does it only need to master the phase it excels in now there's the question of the day don't answer it right now hold all your answers uh when we get to that point here later on uh in the uh in the question of the day sounds uh sound good gang sounds great all right man we're gonna be right back with the news here we go Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays, and if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. Okay, gang, listen up. Breaking news here on Grimdark Live. Canadian wildlife officials from biologists, herpetologists, anthropologists, entomologists, psychiatrists, and gynecologists haven't confirmed as fact that rhinos are indeed fat Canadian unicorns.
And if that ain't awesome enough coming out of Canada, let me tell you about another great Canadian company and sponsor to Grimdark Live. Six Squared Studios. Check this out. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. And if you tell them Grimdark Live sent you, they may let you pet a unicorn. Oh boy, look at that horn. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. Now, back to our regularly scheduled news here on Grimdark Live. I think I pet the wrong horn. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. All right, guys, we are back, and we are going to be uh, we're going to be getting into the news. And you know what's funny is, right, right, right. You guys didn't hear this, but we are so excited to get into this whole Broken Realms Marathi thing that the, that my my three compadres here were just completely cheesing out over this whole thing. It was uh, it was it was unreal, man. They were like just a bunch of little like you know knitting ninnies in the in the corner talking about Marathi and all the cool oh stuff. Oh my gosh! But 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 here's the thing, guys. We got we got to chill, man. We got to chill because we we got we got good stuff coming up. But you know we got to calm yeah, down. Yeah. You know you okay, can't. Okay. Okay, we'll reel it in. We'll reel can't, it in. We can't give away the goods here, but you know what we're going to do? Speaking of reeling it in, we're going to reel it back just a little bit, as I said at the top of the show. I want to kind of talk a little bit about last week's rumor engine because um, I think we need to give it just a little bit more attention. Fair enough, guys? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Here it goes. So here it is, man. Last week's rumor engine. I mean, we've been talking all along, probably for, 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 for what, gang? Uh, two maybe three months by now about these pirates is it gonna be pirate goblins pirate vampires who yeah, the hell is that, it gonna be but we know sure now, looks like a harpoon it's it's definitely a harpoon but you know here's the thing could it could it be like up like um uh an oscurith like like the old whale or like a pirate oscurith harpoon you know it, it, something like that i mean think about it we, we got we got the we got the whale biter gargant you know and and, and i'm coming around to the idea that we're gonna see some kind of sea pirate undead given you know a few of the recent rumor engines and this is kind of what i would go with i mean have you guys kind of i mean you've got a week to kind of look this thing over kind of ponder it back and forth what are your thoughts about what i just said well it definitely fits in with the the current rumor engine too because if you actually go down the half of the blade where the it looks like they shaved off the spikes or the nubs those almost look like uh grabbing cleats like you would have um what, like you know how you have hunting arrows when you shoot them into a deer, things yeah, like that. Right. They can rip. They rip the meat out. Right. Things like that. So they grab. So it looks like this is almost like a whaling harpoon, like you were saying. Right. And all those hooks that are torn off are literally from this thing being used over and over again to hunt, and those spikes are just being cleated right off because yeah. they've been ripping it out of people. I yeah okay. So so what do you think, Chuck? What do you got, man? What what are your thoughts? It's big. 
Oh, Chuck's, Chuck's not with us again. All right, so Dustin, you're up, man. What do we got, dude? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's some kind of a harpoon, um, which, again, l- lends uh, credence to the the vam- vampirates or whatever, This all these nautical you know things we've been seeing. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is, because, again, we don't have any reference for scale, if it's something holding a harpoon well, or if it's, you know, in a... Um, or if it's on in a, like a launcher of some kind. Yeah, and that that's or the it's, or it's not, or it's being worn on the back. Oh yeah, yeah. or that mm-hmm. or that yeah, or it's the camera trickery that uh, that the GW is so good at. Yes, that too. Yeah, that very too. true. But very well, true. Here's the point that I kind of want to touch on. You know, um, about the vampires, right? You know, back in now now now, Justin, you may have to help me out with this. I'm not sure, Chuck, Dustin, if you guys are aware of this, but but I know Dustin. You know, you, you know, you, you got a you got a pretty good egghead of knowledge like I do on on the olden days. But about these vampires, back in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, mm-hmm. Nagash promoted this Luther Harkin guy to be the rank of Mortark, if you if you remember that whole storyline. Right. Uh, but Luther was was not one of the strongest or foremost vampires around, as I seem to recall. Also, he didn't have official rules or a model. Mm-hmm. Now, you see what I just said right there. He didn't have official rules or a model. I think he had, is... he, he had he had official rules and he did actually have a model um but it was it was just an off uh, a standalone vampire model from the old range and his okay. book his his rules were in a white dwarf see I always thought those were conversions no that one was actually a standalone GW model one okay. of the old metal ones that was out okay but okay. it was a GW um uh, white dwarf issue that introduced the vampire pirates to the world and that's where their rules were and that's where they stayed they okay. never actually got translated forward into any form of book or anything after okay. that point so so let me let me take this now. let me let me go back so i've, I've, I've gone back what maybe 10 years or so you know going back to war right. fantasy battles now i'm going to bring it up to now so if, if you recall they they had already included the the vampire pirate lord uh the guy's name was uh 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 Veritic or something like that. Basically, the new version of Luther Harkin. Uh, I don't remember his name all along, but uh, during the AOS campaign, Firestorm, if you remember that. So if if we're going to see a new vampire lord, I think it's going to be him. I think this is part of what this is. Or or even, you know, some type of a brand new one. But I think they're going to try to re- redo this with a with a character with maybe the re-release of whatever version of Soul Blight there may or may not be. That's where mm-hmm. I was going with this. Right, right. No, you're you're on the right track. You're on the right track and right thinking. I yeah. think we are going to see Luther Harkin as the leader yeah. of this army. Just and the, the only re- the primary reason I'm still going in that fo- direction is because of the video game with the 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 Warhammer Two. Yeah. Um, Thank you. you. Know, Total video, War. Yeah. Total War. Yep. So because he's the main protagonist there, so you'll, you'll have him. You'll definitely have him going. Um. Ooh. We got to, we got a little and, play back there, man. Chuck came to life, man. We got we got a little echo. We're in the echo chamber. Chuck, and, welcome back, man. And, Although you know, I gotta say, I, I do kind of miss that 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 uh, that that picture you had up there, man. That was kind of you know that was kind of sultry. Did everyone everyone catch technology. that? Yeah, <laughs> I hate computers. Well, even even Jason Moss in the comments says that he believes that the they were in Dreadfleet as well, which I believe there was reference to him in Dreadfleet yeah. as well as the in the vampire. So their lore and their history have mm. been there non-stop true it's just there hasn't been a need or a real call for a vampire 
pirate army, so to speak. No, until... no, you watch your mouth with that, man. I'm, I'm th- there's definitely a need for a vampire pirate army. No, 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 there, army. Are you there definitely is. There, we, we definitely need a vampire of some vampire something. You I always mean, we, need pirates. We always, and pirates, yeah. I mean, the, the old classic adage, pirates versus pirates, ninja. There's rum, and there's, there's boats, and there's yep. rum. And then there needs to be ninjas somewhere in that whole mix. There's a lot of stuff. So, 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 so you got to have vampire ninjas. vampire ninja pirates. Okay, that's there you right. Got ninja it. pirates. Yeah, vampire and, and, ninja. and you know what else? See, and you see, know what else, guys? We're gonna end. We're gonna end the argument if pirates and or ninjas are better, and we're just making one army. Yeah, but you forgot about this. And there's rum. You forgot yeah, that's that. True. So so. How many character <laughs> models do you think you're going to show up that are going to be models to look like Captain Jack Sparrow at some point or another? Oh, I hope oh, not. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Chuck, Chuck, before you fade it out, man, we got you back from the warp, dude. What are your two cents in a tin can on, on, on last week's rumor engine that we're kind of revisiting right now? So, I am going to jump in and say kind of agree with other personnel in uh, the conversation. I do believe it is similar to vampires, some type of javelin or war machine that the pirates would have from some type of floating ship that they control. Right. I'm I'm almost wondering if that's an alternate version for Big Bess. Oh. The, the primary cannon of the vampires, their big named cannon. Yeah. If it has the ability to fire a cannonball or a harpoon. Okay. Because I mean, in the same sense as like the Caradon Overlords, where they can they have three variations of their primary guns, which are usually the yeah. rotary cannon or the cannon or the harpoon launcher. I'm almost wondering if they're doing the same sense with the vampires, where it's like, okay, you can build it as a cannon or you can build it as a harpoon launcher. And something to that, Justin, is that when we looked at the General's Handbook Two that came out. Uh, the primary focus after those rebuilds and point structures we saw was a shooting meta. Right. So if we look at like what has been happening with like AOS shorts and uh, top 10 finishes, it is shooting, shooting armies that have a high mobility. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and anything anything that's quick mobility and high range shooting or or, or decent range shooting yeah. that can hit you and run. Right, they're doing top meta right now. So would yeah, not you know, surprise and, me and, if, the, if that's their meta. We're going to touch on the fact that shooting is becoming a little bit more prevalent. You know, I would have to say too. So, uh, but but oh, I think but I bit. think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. So good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here, man, because we got the updated, the new rumor engine of this week and we're going to kind of touch on this one so uh, a whole but, different topic oh uh, yeah well, it's 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 whole di- different, whole different topic in the same family it's it's different but the same you know all right back to this so so here's what we have so if it, it, okay guys it looks like a gargant sized weapon but uh not make oh, any yeah. sense right i mean Dude, could it be? that's that's an ore to a ship that is a damn paddle or an oar that has been cleated with metal and it's going to be swung like a club. <laughs> it, you, do you think it looks more flat though? Because it looks like yeah, circular, I, I, like a bat, right? It almost looks like a cricket bat. Yes, I could agree yeah. to that. A cricket bat. So that's where I'm getting yeah. this oar mentality. I'm thinking it looks like an oar because of the way it's yeah. shaped. But then you added all that metal. It's like, okay, it's rounded. We can see it's rounded. So it's like a cricket bat with with all these spikes, but it definitely is pro- is something to do with the vampires. Hey, that, D- that, Dustin, it, Dustin, do you think do you think Chuck and, and Justin have dipped into some of that pirate rum? Because I don't think that looks like an ore at all, man. That's a club with just a bunch of nails and metal staked to it. I mean, again, it's the angle. I could say it's either way, but uh, 
I, I would. Oh, come on. I, I think I don't think stand it's anything to do with pirates. I think it's just some upcoming destruction model. Yeah, you know I what I was going to it say. It's it's. I, I was hoping but something uh, in destruction. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking the same 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 wavelength. Um, and you know, it, watch it'll be it'll be an it'll be an or or something like that, and I'll have to apologize to Chuck and you know, <laughs> Justin or something. But well, I, the I, only the only reason I don't see it being an anything with ogres is ogres just had their hero update. They just had their oh. book release and everything else like that. So they're not due for anything. Yeah. What about Warcry? We keep forgetting well, I didn't about just that. Say Elgar, Guys, so. what about but, Warcry? Well, we, got, we got the catacombs. Why, it why could couldn't be. it be something like a Fomoroid or Ogroids of some kind for Warcry? That, well, that is true. But again, you also Warcry got the Ogroid. You also of, uh, they also got the Ogroid for Warcry like what three months ago, four months ago. Well, so that was their update months, yeah. for their ogres. Yeah. So, so okay. And, right. Unless they're doing a standalone ogre Warcry battalion, which might be coming with the new hero, but most of that stuff is just pulls from the box star box product that's already made yeah do you, maybe so do you think, but do you think it is destruction focus like the bat with the nails coming out of it obviously implies some type of destruction right yeah right yeah i do we're at least on that way makes sense okay. to me yeah. okay but, but you know what, chuck okay chuck i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah you, you literally just took my train of thought and threw it right All out right. the window and replaced it with something different so i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a completely different okay chuck thank you dude you got me thinking on something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is that long rumored undead giant that we've been hearing about finally getting its release. Now, now, now think about this. Maybe it's not destruction. Maybe it's something for death or undead because wouldn't this be a pretty big, you know, go flunk yourself to all those old, you know, Chuck, two king players if, 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 they, if they finally got that. I mean, think about, okay, look, he's got, you have a bone giant, Chuck. You literally have a bone giant. Yes, I, it's a, my giant undead mega gargant that I am somehow piecemealing together from a bunch of toys. Yes, that's amazing, Chuck. We're like, tele- <laughs> we're like, hey, that's awesome, dude. Hey, that's Chuck, amazing. we're like telepathic, man. We're like, you know, it's, oh it's, my, we're like, wow, man, man. But but that's what I mean when, when you when you said that 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 literally threw into my my brain that this rumored undead giant is finally could be getting a release and it could be part of that maybe it is something for death i mean and again i i'm laughing and, and i'm laughing not like a, i'm kind of giggling because it would be just terrible to all those tomb king players that, that they finally get their their you know uh their actual know, bone giant their actual bone, yeah. giant. Actual bone right? giant you know um but but uh, yeah it could be something for death i mean but here's the thing too let me say this let me yeah. say this real quick don't forget the one from the um the the big uh forge world bound monster from uh mega magic times that that never got a model i don't know if you if you guys remember i'm going back a little bit here uh, uh only other uh i think it was uh, an arcane phoenix was another one and a plastic phoenix was released with uh with better stats but at any rate i remember uh someone on wars here i believe it was um uh, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about how the model was held back for end times, but not released in a similar fashion to the plastic slayers. Right. Um, so, and oh. which we all know are now fire slayers. So, um, yeah. I mean, so this could, this could be, I, I'm wondering now, Chuck, man, Hey, good job, dude. This could be something for death, dude. You and your boner yeah. giant over there. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. That, it's so it's big. It, it leads, it leads the picture itself leads to a lot of different factions just simply because of the way it's, de- it's designed. The metal work on it makes you almost think it's chaos, but it also leads to being destruction because most of the chaos weaponry is that hobbled together type of, 
you know, just thrown together. But so is the orc weaponry. So is, you know, a lot of the destruction weaponry. It's like, you know, take a piece of metal, bat it, bash it into a, into a hammer and then you're done. Right. So this could be for multiple factions or another variant giant that we haven't, like you said, that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it, it's it's that that's my two cents in a tin can on that one. But uh, but you guys ready? You guys ready for a little uh, shadow and pain? We're we're gonna we're gonna start touching oh. on this one just a little. Oh bit. yeah, oh yeah. Here it is, man. Shadow and pain. We got this next week, man. Shadow and pain is gonna go up for pre-order this weekend. And from what I understand, this this little mm-hmm. bad boy is gonna be clocking in at 170 bucks US. Uh, and I gotta yes. tell you, I've, I've I've bitched and complained in the past about you know uh, GW pricing, especially with with maybe the Mega Gargans and all that kind of stuff. But I think 170 US for this thing is is a is not a bad deal, man. What do you it's, guys think? It's a bargain. That's it's a, a bargain. bargain. Just yeah, like it's 60 bucks for five Malusai by your, by itself. You get 10 of them. Yeah, I mean that's that's already that's already you, worth it. You there. got you yeah. got a good chunk of the start collecting set for the the daughters of Cain, a good chunk of the start collecting for the for the Slanesh or the um, what are they mm-hmm. called the the Heat Knight. So yeah, I mean, yeah. and then you got some bonus units in there that you didn't even you didn't even get. Right. So you get like harpies in there, and you've got you got the 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 dreadsteeds in there for the heat knights, and you've got the two new the, the chariot, two new hero yeah. models. I mean, the chariot came in the starter set, but again, I mean, you you got you got one hundred and eighty dollars worth of starter set models there. Plus, you got all these bonus models for 170 bucks. You, I mean, literally have two decent sized starter armies. There. Yeah. So let's let's yep. break this down. Then Dustin, yep. I'm going to throw this over to you because I know that like like this this whole this whole campaign this whole release this is like this oh, is yeah. like uh this is like Warhammer Viagra for you, man. I mean, <laughs> this is I mean this is just right up right up your alley, man. This is big stuff. So let's talk about this. So, the the shadow and pain that you know the the, the heed knights. Basically, the story here is, and we're going to get into this more, but 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 for, for this release purpose here, here in the news, so the Heat Knights have invaded the realms of Shadow. They're they're in search of their their mm-hmm. their Dark Master Slanash, who's all chained up, who's probably mm-hmm. enjoying being chained up. By the way, handcuffs that whole thing. I bet he, <laughs> I bet he's kind of into that. Anyway, but uh, they they it, it, so they're they're out searching for him now this battle box is packed as we were just talking about it's got it's got daughters of cain it's got heed knights of slan ash and it's got some brand new heroes that i think are pretty slick so i'm pitching the ball to you right now dustin let's hear this man i mean two cents in a tin can and and then and then of course you know chuck uh, i want to hear what you think about maybe some of the slan ash stuff but but dustin lead it off man let us know what you think yeah well uh well yeah depending on how detailed you want me to get into the rules because they have leaked some of them well we're going to get into that later on but i mean just your overall your five thousand foot view of this release yeah overall i'm just i saw this immediately and just like yes absolutely yes because first of all it's furthering the storyline along because this is what the followers of slanesh have been doing been trying to find where slanesh is you know in trying to get into ulgu and hey we found a way in and the Dars of Cain already are blocking it right. because they want to stop this from happening. So I think it's very appropriate that it's Dars of Cain and Slanash fighting against each other. Yeah. But also, finally, mm-hmm. I, I've wanted a Malusai hero since I started collecting them. I literally made my own as a uh, yeah. uh, Slaughter Queen and also with the Anvil of Apotheosis. But I saw I saw this Malusai hero on 100%. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, right. definitely. I mean, Chuck, come on, man. We, we briefly, when we saw this on the Saturday release, you and I were kind of talking about the Slanish Lord of Pain a little bit, man. Let's let's. What are your thoughts on that one? 
Um, I am willing to go in on a box with someone just for the heroes alone. Yeah. Um, my my big question, and I didn't get all of the uh, info on it, but is the chariot like a variant of the previous uh, model that we had? Because I noticed that it um, has two seekers of Slanesh on it, but it doesn't have you know four seekers in the front. So. That chariot, that chariot, Chuck has the ability to be to be built four different ways. Wow, that's the regular. That's regular the standard. That's one. the standard kit. That's the yeah. standard build. But that chariot should come with all the parts to build all four variants of that chariot. So, yeah, like, like the exalted only... one that has yeah, the, the like, exalted yeah. the the hero version. There's two hero versions of it, and then there's two standard versions of it. So, okay. like, you know, not only are you getting two new hero kits and two $60 kits on top of that, but you're getting a chariot model that has four variants to it. Like, right. there have got to be so many extra bits with this kit that the price tag does make it worthwhile. And I think... Yes. Well, you know, they're they're not the only piece in that that actually is a variant as well. If you if oh. the, the the riders, the dudes that are riding the the Slanesh two leggers, yeah, those actually have two different variants in there as well. They have the ones that are walking around with a bunch of uh, whips and flails, yes. that fly all over them, and then they have the other dudes that are carrying like the sword and the shield um, type of variant. So there are actually two variants on those as well, plus the four variants of the chariot, plus the new hero, plus the demonettes. So you're actually yeah. getting a ton of variation in that box on Hedonite side. Got it. Yeah. So if you are a daughter's player or a Slanesh player, definitely hundred percent. Yep. It box. is it yeah. is a definite yeah. upgrade kit for anybody who plays yeah. either one of those armies. Yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to add ten more snakes and some Kinnerai, and it's like, oh, okay, this has everything I need now. Yeah. Right. And you know, and before we continue, I've got, I've got a, I've got a. There's some poetry that was just put up on the board just now by our friend Joe Benson. You know, it says here, "Shadow and Pain" is Pat's all nobbler Prince cover band. You know, that's one of the nicest things. <laughs> nice. that, that is that is one of the nicest things anyone has ever said. You know, to me, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Wow. You just got to get the whips out right and start. Ugh. Oh, I got to tell you, man. I got to tell you, we, we've covered everything tonight. Pirates, rum, you know, uh, you know, whips Nobler Prince cover bands. We're totally into this. But I want to go back to this real quick. Th thanks, Joe, for derailing the conversation. But here we go. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to this. So so the champion is Slanesh. And this, this, yeah. When I first saw this thing broke on one of the one of the Saturday releases from, uh, from GW, I was completely perplexed by this dude because – you know, this guy's coming in, and, and some of his abilities that we've kind of already, you know, heard about, and we're going to be touching on here maybe a little bit later, uh, time for time uh, allowing, is on the tabletop, he he can train. What what this translates to really the whole pain and, and pleasure thing, really, to this guy, he can channel the pain he receives in combat. In other words, he can share it with those who inflict it on him, then striking them down with 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 basically that big mace thing he's got so i i think i think they finally put a little iron in the glove to a slanesh army if, if if i can say it that way because you know for a while i mean slanesh for a while was one of those armies that you kind of had to be you had to add speed with trickery to really to really hit hard and i i kind of like to see that they're putting a little bit of corn in there with slanesh i kind of like that a little bit with this character 
That's my Cross, thought. You mean, you, mean, you mean crossbreeding of of God's abilities in a way? I, I, yeah, in a way, in a way, and 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 not, and not to not to be ignored here, but the with the daughters of Cain, uh, and and Dustin, what is this? Uh, it's it's the Malusi Iron Scale or something like that, right? Did yeah, I get that yeah, right? Yeah, Malusi Iron Scale is the huh. name of the unit, right? And um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. They revealed several rules, but there's a lot we don't know. Yeah, we don't well, know if it's a caster. We don't know if it's a priest. Yeah, all we know is it buffs the uh, snakes. We're we're going to be touching on that a little bit, but I, I know that's something in the effect where it's basically this 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 snake chick, right? This iron scale chick. She was crafted from basically she's the most vengeful and wretched souls among all the elves that were in the guts of yeah. uh, of of Slanesh. Is is, is yeah, the, is all the, the the vengeful souls right? Mm. So, um, you know. Isn't she resilient? She's got like ward saves on magic. She can channel Marathi's might. She can do a lot of things. She's almost like uh, like one of the best sidekicks probably in the game. I would think is what we is what we kind of know I, now. I, I would hope so. Yeah. 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 I mean, it. it uh, I, I remember Justin was talking about this when this was first released. If you know Marathi's kind of ascending to godhood, then it's like, all right, you need uh, her her like her uh, what's the word assistant priests. To go yeah. out and lead her armies, high, high, so. high, in, gen- high in general, and and we yeah. are going to touch on her little ascension to godhood here towards the towards the end of the whole conversation because that, that's going to be an interesting topic. But yeah, so so gang, the the, the story of Shadow of Pain, man, it's it's going to be a prequel to to the next piece that we're going to be talking about here. But it's going to be for, for, for pre order this weekend out in everybody's sweaty palms the following Saturday, and it's going to retail for about mm-hmm. one hundred and seventy bucks uh, U.S. Uh, guys, what do you guys? Any anything to say before we move on to the Broken Realms itself on this one? Well, if they're looking to do this, um, there are rumors out there that these are going to be limited release box sets. So they if you're going to get, yeah. well, right. But I'm saying even more limited than they were before. There's a bunch of rumor on that going right now that a lot of this stuff coming is going to be super limited. Okay. Because they had to rush it out. Because they had to rush. Yeah. Because they're rush. They're rushing yeah. it out. So I would say if you're going to jump on that train with that box set. Do it immediately. Do it now. Yeah, do it right. now because you might not be able to get one or you're going to have to rely on secondhand market afterwards. Okay. All right. Yep. That's, a, uh, that's a good way to put it. All right, here we go, man. So enter the Broken Realms, man. We're, gonna, we're moving on here with the uh, with the news. Um, and we're going to be getting into this. Uh, this is going to be the cusp of our show. But, you know, I kind of want to set the table here for what we're going to be talking about. I mean, obviously, we all know that for the most part, this is going to be a narrative campaign for Age of Sigmar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really looking forward to the story advancement and the changes that are going to be coming up. We're going to be talking on that. Uh, we got, you know, my co-hosts are awesome at this kind of stuff. We had a great guest with us that's going to be talking about, you know, the, the Broken Realms and what's going to be happening, not only with Slanesh, but with Daughters of Cain, which is his his primary army. But, you know, for everybody just joining us right now, Marathi is the mother of Malarian, right? Uh, the Grand Priestess of Cain and the leader of the Daughters of Cain. That, that's her standing right now before all this release happens. Um, mm-hmm. the first book of the broken realms is named after, which is, which is what we got, we got up on the, on the screen right now. And of course, um, it's only narrative. So, uh, you know, there, there might at this point from what we believe, no immediate effect on, on match play rules. Although we're seeing war scrolls come out that we're going to be talking about. So I, so I, so I hope it's, it's going to advance the setting a little bit. And I hope that we're going to see a lot of this going to match play because I, I personally am a matched play gamer and I'd like to see that a little bit. But uh, what what I'm getting from, and, and, and Dustin, I'm going to throw this to you as our guest, and then Chuck, I want to get your two cents on the tin can as this as well. But what I'm getting from this is that that she wants to specifically betray Malarian, 
her, her, her former son or her son from the old world while he's distracted with Slanesh and really take the place of, of, a, of a god in, in Ulgu. Is, is, that, is that the best way to put this, Dustin? Did, did, I, did I nail that pretty much, the Cliff Notes version? Um, uh, yeah, yes, there are definitely parts of that. Um, what I think is she's actually going to portray a lot of people, um, yeah, it's, Sigmar it's not, being one of them, yeah. because the... You know, it depends on where they're going with the storyline because we we initially thought that she was going to try and get all those shards of Cain, which the rumor is that uh, Sigmar had one, Malarian probably had one. Uh, but I don't know, like with the, where they're going with the the whole mirror and shadows and things, um, that could be okay. um, part of her ploy. Um, there's a lot we don't know, but. Uh, all we know is Marathi is willing to do whatever it takes to be to become a god. So, well, then there's that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she she wants that part. That she wants that seed in the pantheon, and she doesn't care who she's got to screw to do it. Yep. That's uh. Well, that, that's that's one way to put it. I mean, Chuck, what do you think? What what is your um over under on, on on the story arc there? I mean, did I did I describe that well enough, or probably not? I, you know, I I think you sort of led into at least a good plot line for what Marathia is trying to uh, like obtain. She's willing to do whatever she wants or whatever she needs to become a god. And if that is ally or become a part of another type of faction in order to gain mm -hmm. like a higher precipitous within uh, the allies that she can get it from, then it's like, that's what she's willing to do. I mean, we, from the leak, it seems like she can, you know, get her her two cents in with cities, with corn, with uh, Stormcast Eternals, with, you know, Deepkin. It's just whatever she needs to do in order to ally uh, with, you know, like Slaves of Darkness to elevate her to the next level. And I, I believe, like, that is where the whole book is focused in. And that's why there are those leaks that um, allude us to her allying with different factions, or at least parts of different factions in order to right. achieve that greatness. And so like, if you went to the Warhammer community site uh, with broken realms and you search that right. like the entire article from the past week gets into that. And I believe from a player's perspective, that just opens up all types of doors. Now right. I, it, you know, if you ally that in, if you include that into your new army build, that has so much potential moving forward. Okay. All yeah. right. I mean, so, so do you guys think that, I mean, me saying that is obviously this is more of a narrative piece, but we've seen, and we're going to be talking about the war scroll here a little bit, specifically the one that we, that was leaked for Marathi. But um, you guys see this, maybe I was a little bit wrong in saying, I mean, right now I see this as, as a narrative piece, especially when it first came out, but do we think this is definitely going to be fairly mainstay in, in what could potentially be AOS 3.0, right? I already think it's going to be match play upon release. There, there's yeah. too many war. There's too many war scrolls for the different factions. There's too many rule sets that are already in play, and it's this. I believe is the birth, if not the start, of a 3.0. Okay. We just have we're not in we're not getting a main rule set reset, so to speak. We're getting their faction. We're getting we're getting faction yep. resets to bring yep. them up to the 3.0. And then exactly. sometime next year, we'll see a, re a main rule set reset, and that'll be our 3.0 release. Okay. All right. 
So let me go back to the storyline here and, and throw a, throw my little tinfoil hat thing at you that I like to do in the show from time to time because it, it, it kind of weirds all you guys out. But <laughs> here, here's my here's my tinfoil hat prediction on this. You know, Marathi, we've been hearing about this really since, you know, before Slanesh was even captured, right? I mean, when Marathi first came out as a model, when, mm-hmm. when the Daughters of Cain first came out, we were kind of hearing about her desire uh, to to be a god and look in the old world we already knew that Marathi was kind of a prick anyway so I mean it's yeah. no it's no that's no news <laughs> and we know that no. we know that she's very concerned about the you know the daughters of Cain finding out that she's kind of been BSing them a little bit so here's mm-hmm. my here's my tinfoil prediction I think Marathi's shenanigans that are going to ensue in this whole storyline I think if she doesn't uh, succeed she's going to at least attempt to kill off or take over Malarian. And, and and take over his realm behind a, a proxy, you know, some kind of a proxy imposter. You know, because, you know, if you think about it, there's loads of bad blood between elf groups leading up to, you know, Slanesh breaking free. You know, uh, maybe there could be killing off a Tyrion or something like that. But I think there's going to be some type of a, of a shocker story arc or character display that, that we're in for. That's just kind of my thought in kind of reading in between the tea leaves as an attempt here. What do you think? Am I way off base? No, I don't think you're way off base. I think um, I think it actually might extend a little bit farther than just that. I think with what Chuck was saying and Dustin was saying, you know, with the doors opening and all the multiple facets and avenues that this story, the story arc can go, I think it's hinting more towards the fact that we're going to see the Daughters of Cain fall out of the Order faction. I think there's going to be too much betrayal and bad blood, especially with her being able to pick up allegiances with Corn and different armies and things of that manner. Okay. I think she's going to fall to chaos, and either one of two things is going to happen with the story arc. She's either going to replace Slanesh as the goddess of Slanesh, or she's going to bend a knee to Slanesh and become a, dem- a demon prince. And okay. her faction will be a portion of Slanesh. Okay, let me pump the brakes right there, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a, a round robin on that one. Chuck, you look like you almost fell out of your chair when he said that. So, what do you think? So, you know, I could see Morathi or Morathi, depending on how you pronounce it, Marathi. actually yeah. becoming the god of Slanesh. I think that would be a huge story arc move. Not only does she emulate part of that faction already because of the snake because of the you know essence that she currently has but you know what if that merged into sub factions of its own or um somehow she you know that story arc made her the more prevalent chaos god and then she overtook the greater demons of slanesh i mean who knows there are endless possibilities when you open up those doors into a new book and a new genre moving forward I like that one. I like that one. Dustin, our guest, man, you're, you're Mr. Daughters of Cain here, man. What do you think? Uh, definitely mirroring some of the stuff Chuck just said. Um, yeah, e- either either she will attempt to replace Slanesh, but I also find that hard to believe considering how much she hates Chaos um, and Slanesh in general. I could see maybe she tries to absorb Slanesh and replace him, but not necessarily, you know, become uh a chaos deity um you know she might just become something else uh a big thing though is the daughters of cain are basically only in order because they hate chaos okay um so that 
that I think is going to be an interesting thing because suddenly you have the Dars of Cain that are tolerated because of their hatred of chaos suddenly breaking alliances and just going and doing their own thing. Um, and also within the Daughters of Cain, you're probably going to have uh, the schism that we, we've talked about where you're going to have the Scathborn versus the Witch Elves, where you have the devotees of Marathi right. versus the devotees of Cain. So let me ask you okay. this real quick, Dustin, as a quick side note question. Do you think that Marathi's lust to become a god mm -hmm. overpowers or overshadows her hatred for chaos? I would say 100% yes. <laughs> because so, in that because, regard, yeah, she could be become Slana. She, she is so bent on becoming a god that I don't think she cares what god she becomes. Okay, hold on. Now I got to break yeah, in here, Chuck. And I, and Chuck, I fair know that you want to say some, but, but let me let me get my point out here first. Okay, listen to what you guys just said. Now I'm going to peel this back because my mind is going crazy right now. Okay, you're. Let's just say, for instance, if let's just say if Marathi does become Slanesh, right? Does that mean now that GW as a company, as a game, as a tabletop game, will then introduce Grandfather Nurgle, Corn? Will we, will we get to see uh, Zeech as a playable model on the table? Because let's look at it this way. Let me, and this is where my mind is going. Unless it's death, because you know that right now, Nagash, who is the chairman of the board in the death faction, there's nobody above him. He's, he's, the, high, he's, he's the highest they can go, right? Sigmar, we don't have a model for him either. But if what you're mm -hmm. saying is correct, that we could have Marathi some way, shape, or form become Slanesh, does that introduce then other models? Are we going to have Grandfather Nurgle? Are we going to have Zeech? Are we going to have Corn? Are we going to have Sigmar running around? Think about that. Well, think about we how already that ties have, together. Uh, I already think we're on that path. We already have Alariel. We already have. Uh, but see, have... but Alariel isn't the top of the food chain. Sigmar is, but the only, the only identifiable model that we have where it's the top of the food chain is death. That's Nagash. That's it. We don't have well, a Grandpa Nurgle model. Teclis. Teclis, Illyrial, those are the top of the food chain for the Elven Pantheon. But what I'm talking so, about is order, death. Yep. You know, you're well, talking death, about you have, death, death, you have Nagash. Okay. But All you right. also just you also just had the test market hit for the with the release of the Sons of Behemoth and bringing in large-scale, okay. large-production okay. models with very powerful rules plus what you have to Kellis's release and things of that matter. Techless, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. There's nothing saying that when Tyrion hits and any of them others, that they are going to be God level models. Well, that's interesting. Uh, point. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point, but, uh, but, but great way to put that, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's, it, 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 it's exciting, but we got one last piece in the news, man, before we, uh, uh we kind of wind back around to the broken realms here. And, uh, have you guys been hearing about this, uh, this new Tempest fall game that's been, that's been out or coming out or around? Haven't really heard too much about it. No. Not too much. No. Well, this was a game announcement trailer and yes, it's a, it's a VR game. So you're going to need to have a decent computer and a VR helmet 
And the good news is the studio that's doing this game, uh, Carbon Studios, made the last two very good VR games, uh, and their names are slipping me right now, so I'm, I'm probably uh, uh, need to do a better job on that. But I, I saw no, I saw no real. Uh, basically, the, the the Tempest Fall is you're playing the uh, you're playing a Stormcast, and you're in this Lord VR Arcana. world. Okay, okay, I remember seeing yeah, a, now a, I remember skills this. of that yeah. now. I. And, now, uh, no, now I know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And and I got to tell you, man, I, I love the idea that they're, that they're going to be coming around to do this because I like this. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, VR makes me puke. You know, I, you know, I can't, I can't look at that stuff. Makes me dizzy or whatever. But how do you think this game is going to do? It depends. I mean, it depends on if it's, if it follows the, the storylines that people are familiar with, if it's got decent pl- gameplay into it, you know, there's a lot of factors when it comes to video games there. It's probably one of the most picked over and just, you know, temperamental markets on the face of the earth in terms of, you know, being a talk about being a niche hobby. Now you're, you're taking a niche hobby and turning it into a video game on well, which doubles its ability. You know, we, it's we kinda, like, we kind of do that now, right? Right, we're already in a niche hobby, and then you're gonna put it <laughs> yeah. into a you're gonna put it into a video game format. So you got a niche hobby on top of another niche hobby, which is fundamentally, you know, at the whims of everybody's personal choices. So I don't know. I mean, it, the game looks good from what I'm seeing, but again, it's gonna come down to how much people are really into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think it's pretty cool. I may, I may give it a whirl. Um, I may, I may have to try this out because I, I love the idea that that they're kind of diversifying and expanding like this. And dude, I mean, you get an idea to to get into a game like this, it mm-hmm. could be pretty cool. But I just wanted to bring it up because uh, I, I noticed that that since I saw a, a listing on it maybe two weeks ago now or maybe a week and a half ago, um, no one's talking about it. So I thought, well, why the heck, you know, why aren't we talking about it? So that, that's why I wanted to kind of throw that out there and see if anybody was talking about uh, Tempest Fall. Just kind of right. kind of seeing what you guys thought about it. But that's yeah. it, man. That's what we got in the news, man. Anything else to uh, anything else to add on to the news before we get into the meat and potatoes of the Broken Realms, man? Well, there there is one more thing in the news that I did notice that I think is actually kind of um, a cool thing that GW is doing. It's interesting, too, is the three more reasons why to visit a Warhammer store. I don't know if you yeah. saw that that article or not. No. Um, so basically, from the release of Marathi up until they're done with all six books or however many books it is, whatever, every month you can go into W store and claim a free model that is basically along the lines of the Marathi of releases. So uh, which elves, things of that matter. Okay. The second thing is you can also earn collectible coins by spending money in the store, of course. And there looks like there's a carrier for these and there's going to be like 12 or 14 coins, something like that, that you can, that you can get. So you can get a collectible um, coin each month that changes for however many months they decide to do this. And then the third thing they're doing is with their paints. You choose 10 paints, you buy 10 paints, and you get the most expensive paint out of the 10 you choose for free. Oh, wow. So yeah. if you went and bought 10 contrast paints, you'll get one of them for free. If you went and bought, you know, two contrast paints and the rest of them are just layer or whatever, well, the layer right. paints are definitely cheaper than the contrast paints. You're going to get the contrast paint for free. Okay. So it's kind of a cool little deal that they're doing because of, I, I believe it's mostly because of COVID and the, and the lockdowns and things of that manner yeah. and them trying to drive up their business a little bit. 
but it's a respectable thing where they're giving away a free model and they're giving away these collectible things that are only in store just to bring their customers in and say, Hey, this is our hobby. Let's celebrate it in a way. I like it. I like it. Yep. I like it. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. Well, we are going to be, uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to be getting back into the broken realms and uh, we're going to be kind of breaking this down a little bit. We're going to be starting a little bit at the tip and, and, and kind of going all the way down ending with, ending with uh, Marathi. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be right back. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. We are back, man, and we got the uh, we got the broken realms that we're going to be getting into, so... We are, uh, without further ado, man, let's get into this. So I'm going to throw this out here. we got a great guest with us. Uh, most of you guys are joining us right now. we got Dustin Hart with us, man. He's, uh, he, he's all about these broken realms, man, these daughters of Cain. And, and I know that, uh, that Chuck, you know, you, you and I have had uh, some pretty lustful conversations with Slanesh. And, and, Justin, you just know everything about everything, especially when it comes to, you know, sultry women and perversion. So I just figured that uh, having you hey, involved. Hey, 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 they're not supposed to know that. You know. <laughs> I just, I just think having you involved with that is probably a, probably a good thing. So let's, let's, let me, let me start off with, uh, with kind of the tip of the iceberg kind of statement here uh, that, that may or may not be uh, a good way to start, but I want to get this out there. The Broken Realms, you know, I'm going to throw this to our guest. I mean, does, does it appear, uh, and again, I'm going to kind of tie this together with 40K a little bit, but, but the Broken Realms, does it appear to be like Psychic Awakening, what's going on in 40K? Because Broken yeah. Realms, as you know, as it has been presented to us so far, to me at least, is going to be like Psychic Awakening is for, or was, or is for 40K, and uh, as we know it. Are, are we going to see rules parsed out over, I mean, we, we kind of know there's going to be rules parsed out more than storyline, but I mean, we, are we going to see rules and not just storyline, or what are your thoughts on, on, the, on the tip of the iceberg of the Broken Realms before we get into it? Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's... Uh, you know, like an update to existing factions um, going along with the storyline that they're creating to lead us up to um, eventually Age of Sigmar 3. Yeah, yeah. I kind uh, of, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I mean, um, what do you think, Chuck? You know, it, it's a way for Games Workshop to entice current players who haven't had a book in a little while in order to get them to uh, either get motivated to paint and play or purchase a new codex coming out 
potentially for AOS 3. So in order for you to stay up to date, Order hasn't had a book release in at least a little while. Right. Um, right. We didn't get a mm-hmm. Stormcast Eternals book this summer, right? No. no oh, we didn't. no. Oh, my oh, no. gosh. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, no. <laughs> what a shame. I know. I know. Everyone hates Stormcast. They're so bad because they get so much attention anyway. But, you know, it is a way for them to sort of move the, the story along, the storyline along. And that's what, you know, GW players like us, all four of us, are looking for we're looking for something to motivate us to paint and to play and to move those models from assembly line to painted to the painted shelf right mm-hmm. it's right. working yes yeah. i love it yeah and, and you we're, know and I'm gonna... sorry go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 we're all tripping over each other who's next yeah <laughs> uh, well, well no this this in my personal opinion is we're looking at the release of the multiverse in a way yeah the you know, we're 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 looking at GW's going into 3.0. They don't want to rewrite every single faction rulebook again. So all they're going to do is they're going to use Marathi as a multiverse to start bringing in new War Scrolls, new updates, and new rules to every book that exists yeah. currently. So they don't have to mm-hmm. give us another 200 and some odd page Stormcast Eternal book again. Oh no! <laughs> you know. Oh. Yeah, now, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Let me just look. Okay. Let, let me rear that. Let me rear your point back there, Justin, because I, I, I know that I know that in, in a proper conversation, it's always good to start with some of the negatives and then and then kind of end with the positives. <laughs> you know. not negative. But uh, <laughs> but but here we go. So, so I, but personally, this is going to be amazing for those of us who love the lore, which I'm I'm really beginning to love oh, the yeah. lore more and more. But what concerns me here? And, and, and I, I want to say this as, as honestly as I can, is what concerns me is it's going to be a bunch of books released back to back and and then, you know, invalidated with the new edition a few months later. You know, we, we, we've seen this happen in the past and that Maybe. does concern me or or what could occur is, you know, you could buy more books where GW forgets to specify open ended writings on abilities or rules and only to invalidate them later because of a minority of players that, that don't like them and bitch about them. So I, I can kind of see that mm. kind of happening a little bit uh, off base on base. What do you guys think? Well, that, that's true. That's true. But you have to also look at the fact that ninety nine point five percent of our books that are currently out for our battle tomes are all at 2.0 standard there's only i think maybe one or two that are still sitting yeah. in the old standard sure and those may be the ones that get their updates in 3.0 or they get touched in marathi to the point where they don't need to actually have a new book release just enough enough flavoring that's been added to bring them up to the 2.0 standard or more okay so right. i don't I, I don't think we're going to see invalidation of books. I think we're going to see the additions like we've been seeing with the White Dwarf Tomes, Celestial Tome yeah. add-ons. Yeah. I think this is the the same kind of reality that we're going into is now everything is more of a digital release. And here's just some extra stuff that you guys need to keep your army current without us rewriting your book every two months. Yeah. You know, because... Yeah. Because I mean, what was it? Stormcast Eternals. They got their, they had their 1.0 book, and then they had 15 different books from the different sub factions and everything else, or whatever. Yeah, exactly, Chuck. Or and then they, and then they combined them down into the 192 point page book that I just flashed across the screen. The this book. mother is 192 pages. It's by far the biggest book that we have. The best book ever. Okay. Okay. Oh, here we but, go. But it's, but it's, a, but it's a simple fact that you know. They're taking factions that they've already got marked up to the 2.0 standard. They're adding in 
extra war scrolls, extra abilities, extra command traits, battalion, ex battalions. extra battalions, things that that allow you to take the different portions of that book and use them effectively again. And it seems like they're doing it to not only shit up a little bit, because like I said, it's a multiverse type of thing. So, hey, let's let's make the meta completely just blown out of the water and let the people fill it, fill it, figure it out again before we go into a 3.0. But it also is making it where every book we have does not lose its validation for the next six to ten, six months okay. to a year. All right. So let's, let's, let's kind of pause right there at that point. I mean, Dustin, I mean, you know, you're, you're here to talk about this, man. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts about, about what, what you just heard and, and, and where do you think this is at? I mean, do you think we're going to, do you agree with that? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, uh, the, um, e even though Dars of Cain was designed with AOS 2.0 in mind, um, it, currently it is feeling its age a little bit, mainly with little things like, um, you know, requiring your general to use certain command abilities that are useless because right. you're never going to use them because you're not taking this character as a general. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it, just these little add-ons, you know, this extra temple that they're going to add, um, battalions, new war scrolls, stuff like that. I mean, uh, that's, you know, it's a small update, and I think that's all that's needed because um, mm -hmm. Dars of Cain, they're not, uh, you know, their, their book was very, very well designed internally. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so it, they don't need much. And what right. I'm seeing that they're adding, I, I'm fairly happy with. Yeah. And, and, um, and just because before we get to the Daughters of King, more I, variety. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and Dustin, you're a thousand percent correct. And, and, and you probably more than anybody uh, on the show or listening or part of the show knows more about this army, uh, than anyone. I mean, folks, you know, he's, he's, he's our resident daughters, of cane guy in our, in our, in our club. So, but, but I want to go back to what I said earlier about the psychic awakening. Um, this whole thing I, really is captivated me and it's captivated me basically because of what psychic awakening did in 40 K. And I think that that psychic awakening and ninth edition was a decent transition for 40 K. GW has put good effort into keeping balance in ninth, meaning meaning 40k so far. So, I have a uh, I have decent hopes for AOS three and what we're seeing here in Broken Realms. I really think that we're headed in a very good direction. Mm -hmm. But yep. <clears throat> pardon me. But while I'm not fond of the prospect of buying more books, let's just say, I mean, I do like to buy battle tomes. Uh, 40k Psychic Awakening has shown that there's potential for us to get. A lot of interesting rules additions and buffs to maybe weaker armies. So even if you kind of look under the table a little bit at some of the benefits in that regard, I, I think this is a positive movement. And I think that's pretty much what you'd be saying too, right, Just, uh, Dustin? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's addressing some issues um, that, uh, again, like the commandability thing, um, which we'll, we'll get into because it deals with Marathi. But, we're, we're going into Daughters um, of Cain next, man. Give you my worthless right. word. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of got an inkling and a hint at our 3.0 look at rule sets and the way that the armies are going to be designed out to work in that mm -hmm. with the Sons of Behemoth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got, you got updated systems. You got area of control. You've got things that we didn't have before that got introduced in the Sons of Behemoth for, you know, limited model count, way to expand armies, allegiance abilities, the, the blowing out, uh, you know, mercenary abilities, everything that was, has not existed in, in 
a solid one book by itself is now sitting in the sons of Beamont book by you know, and that's that's the first look we have at a 3.0 army. You're right. You're right. And, and you want to listen before this, you know, I want, I want to say right into the necessary Poro, man. You, you just jumped down to our chats here. We, we got the fish pilots around site. Yes, yeah, we're going to be getting to those. So hang in there, man. But we got to get to the Daughters of Cain first. But Chuck, I got something for you, man. Do you think that there's going to be a, and I'm doing the finger quotations here, buddy. Do you think that there is a need to buy the books that are coming out? Is there going to be a need to do that? What do you, you think? You know, I, I'm going to take like one step back and then I'm going to answer your question. I'm, I'm going to go right. on the the tangent of, you know, Justin, Dustin, and yourself, and say that when we look at resets and we look at books that include multiple uh, different armies and include them prior to like a, a 3.0 release, we need to look at what Games Workshop has done with uh, full uh, limited edition releases that reset the game temporarily, like uh, the release from Malign Sorcery and Forbidden Powers. It mm -hmm. allows books to include multiple different uh, War Scrolls in order to adjust the army so that you can currently play with them in the current meta. Um, and I jump on that tangent because I think that leads into Justin's point about the Mega Gargans. So we're looking at a adjustment such as what uh, the new Marathi book will do and adjust the playstyles for a couple different armies and update them for 3.0. And I think that is relevant to what Games Workshop tries to do by updating books that previously haven't had updates and can then put them in the forefront for 2021. You know, do you always have to be so logical and positive, Chuck? Do you, always, is that, do you have to every single time with you, man. But all three of you, like, alluded to great points. And, you know, as GW is a business, I always kind of say, hey, they're a business first, but then they're like an awesome game company that we all jump into because we like gaming. We like right. the community. Right. We like our friends. We want to go up to Chicago and play in the next two-day tournament or one-day tournament that whatever game store puts on because we can go have a beer and have fun with our friends. Right. So, yeah. you know what? It's a good distraction from all of the current stress and 50-hour and work weeks that we all, you know, put yep. ourselves into yeah. along with driving 20 hours a week to our job because nobody works two minutes from home anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And you want to know something, you know, I'm, I'm going to, they do. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pitch this out there. High class white trash, man. Wouldn't, would, it wouldn't be a show man without high class white trash on the show. Yeah. It, 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 a need to buy a need to buy it. No going to buy it. Yes. And this is why I want to agree with that. I yeah. doubt, I doubt there's going to be a need. There's my finger quotations again. I, I, I doubt there's going to be a need to buy the books or use the rules if you prefer not to. You know, it, it's it, it's not like everybody carries around a copy of Malign Portance with them, right? Um, you know, no. this this is the same, uh, you know, just on a bigger scale as that. Yeah. You know, buy the books and use the rules or don't. Buy the books for the lore. That's probably what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. and, and, and keep playing your army as it is right now if you want. You know, but I, I think what they're doing here from a lore perspective is uh, is really exciting. I'm, I'm really yeah. looking oh, forward oh, to yeah. it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited I'm really about excited. the lore. I'm I'm happy with the I'm happy with the fact that the storyline is actually moving forward again. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The, the, the is moving forward. Yep. It does it doesn't seem to be at you know the typical snail's pace that we get. It's like, oh hey, here's a book that this got released and a little bit of the backlog and story as to where they've been, why they've been, and then okay, now there's nothing. Yeah. This one is like you're you're getting you're getting off that starting line 
immediately and it's just going to keep continuing to roll for months and months and months until you know the culmination which i'm i'm going to say that's 3.0 yeah you know that's that's when it'll go back to that snail's pace unfortunately but you know for the for the first for the next six months to a year we're going to be blitzkrieged with lore and updates and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Honestly, I, I think, uh, I, th- I think that's the best way to put it, man. This is going to be a great time. And you know, speaking of being exciting, speaking of being very excited, we got daughters of Cain coming up and you're going to see our guest absolutely stand on his head, man. He's, he's going to love this one. So here it is. Like we said before, man, like we said before, this is, this is like plastic, this is like plastic Dolly Viagra to this man. He, nobody knows daughters of Cain. Better than hey, Dustin, as long as, as long as you're standing on your head, please go change into pants. We don't need yeah, you in a kill. Exactly. So, so here it is, gang. Here it is. Marathi's attempts to achieve godhood. We're finally going to be talking about it. I mean, you know, there are new rules for daughters of Cain here, Dustin, that I want to get into, and 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 some of the armies that are desperately trying to stop her. We're going to be talking about those, and maybe even some way allying with her unknowingly. The biggest shift, I think, for Daughters of Cain is the change to Marathi's War Scroll, and we're going to be taking a closer look at that here later on in the show. But for right now, I kind of want to like, uh, you know, get, a, get an overview of Daughters of Cain and really kind of talk about where this army fits in right now. Now and I thought we would start with with some of the low hanging fruit that we've kind of seen on some of the some of the breakouts and let you fill in the the gaps and and educate us on this army of yours, right, Dustin? So first right. up is the new allegiance for the uh, Zanthar Kai, uh, Kai Temple. I think it's the uh, the Zanthar Kai, Kai, but if thank if you're you. hip, you call it Cobra Kai. Okay, Cobra Kai. Yeah, I guess honest, I guess I'm not. Me. I'm just an old man with a bad back, apparently. That's all I am. Okay. Um, At that point, Dustin, <laughs> you need to seriously model keys on every single one of your snakes because they just have to have yeah. them. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck's over there. Wax I mean... on, wax off. So here, so so here, so 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 Dustin, take us down this road, man. We got this new allegiance ability, this this Kane's essence, and essentially this is a this is a temple, right? That has been Marathi's, you know. Beat stick temple destroying all the all of her and so so tell us a little bit walk us through this one uh yeah so it's it's an only scathborn uh temple so only uh um medusa or not medusa the I'm harpies sorry. and only Malusa right? and harpies yeah right yeah and because they're you know basically her specific um you know mutated uh uh uh, troops that right. she uses right um and uh it's the uh, what's interesting we we don't we don't know the whole picture either we have a ability and a command ability and a battalion but we don't know you know the artifact we don't know what the command trait no know. we don't but, but go ahead it's it's interesting um it's it's focused on either you know kenari or Malusai, so you can't use really witch elves because they're not going to have the uh keywords um, but the uh, Kane's Essence ability, uh, plus one bravery uh, to uh, Malusai and Kinnerai Harpies. Yeah. Um, it could be better, but it, it makes sense. They're they're not going to run away. You, I mean, snakes will have bravery nine. But see, snakes have I always mean, they're, been they're... around, man. I mean, they, 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 you, you, you can't get them off an objective you tried with their again and again save no. and all the other stuff that they have. Yeah. I mean, one model. But but let me go back to what you said before, Dustin. Because I want to touch on this, and then and then you know Chuck, Justin, man, jump in on this one because uh, mm-hmm. with with, the, with this power of blood, if I'm saying that right, I think that's what it's called, the power of blood command ability. So if you're Malusai and your harpies, and yes, I did say harpies, nothing penicillin can't cure. 
harpies, if they stay close to your heroes, they get a bonus attack in melee, or is it right? If, if, is it wholly within 12 melee inches? Melee weapons. Or within 12 uh, inches? Yes, wholly within 12 inches, melee weapons used by the unit until the end of the phase. Yep. Um, which, melee weapons is very important because the crystal touch attack for Blood Sisters is, is a melee, melee weapon. Hmm. So you could have a single Blood Sister doing four regular attacks and two uh, mortal wound attacks um, with one model. Um, luck luckily, they, they learned, luckily it says you can use it once per phase. Okay. Otherwise, that would enter the realm of insanity. But uh, just that by itself, awesome. I mean, take a unit that already has a crap ton of attacks and give them more attacks. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, and plus, and it's not just any unit. You're talking about an ass kicker of a unit. I mean, these these aren't chumps. Yes, a oh. scary unit. It's a 20, 20 man unit of snakes coming across with six attacks, which two oh. mortal and a two yeah. inch reach and a two and inch a two, reach with a, two, with a two inch reach. Two inch yeah. reach. Eight yeah. Inch move. This is why this is why they're the best unit. Because can, can you say they, they mega gargant going timber? They're hard hitting. <laughs> they move fast. High bravery. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, I have, that's why I have 40 of them. <laughs> I mean, Chuck, what are your thoughts on this one, bud? I'm going to have more. I, I know a gentleman that played a unit of, I think, two units of 10, I believe, and used the uh, Soul Screen Bridge to teleport them across the table and charge them turn one. I can only imagine how effective this unit would be now uh, with oh. the potential release of the new book. So, so Soul Screen Bridge, baby. Let me let me ask you this, Dustin. You think with that command ability that came into place with the plus one of bravery, do you think that they may be getting towards putting terror or something like that back into the game, and oh. that's why they put a bravery increase to this temple? Maybe because Dustin, what do you think? We're we're, we're seeing a lot of bravery increases coming across the board for different armies and different factions. I don't think so because the, I, I think they would have started that with the gargants, the mega gargants. That that's just that's just me though. Oh, I, I know, I know what I know what you're saying, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so leaning towards. So let me, let me kind of, yeah, and, and and Justin, you're making an awesome point, but let me kind of round this back around here, you know. Um, I think we lost Dustin. Yeah, he'll be, <laughs> he'll be jump. Yeah, you know, uh, you got, you got to love modern technology, man. So yeah, but but here's what I'd have to say right now. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this Cobra Kai rule, this the Xanathar Kai rules. I mean, and and here's the thing. Admittedly, I think the temple is a little lackluster, but this command ability that we just talked about is pretty damn good. I think that's right. going to be. I think that's going to be the the cherry on top of this whole thing. I think, you know, on a unit of say ten blood sisters, buffed by say Catechism of Murder. Uh, it, it's going to be savage to watch. I mean, it's just going to be like a hot knife yep. to butter no matter what. You, and, and to your example, I mean, timber on that giant, especially think about it this way, though. And I'm, I want I want uh, Dustin, now that he's back with us, I want him to really jump in on this one. But think about this. Think if you have 10 blood sisters buffed by the catechism of murder with this with this command ability. Now, especially if it's somewhere around turn three or four with reroll of, of, of ones to hit uh, and wound respectively. Holy crap. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, Dustin, what do you got to say about that, man? I think we lost him again. So I we'll just leave it at he's that amazed. He's actually speechless. You 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 dumbfounded him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's it. I mean, but but Chuck, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, well, you know, and, and so Pat, you're talking about using the general command ability about rerolling ones in combat, right? Correct. So it's potentially six attacks per model with two inch range, right? Rerolling yes. ones. Rerolling yeah. ones. Do they hit on threes? 
Uh, I believe they, so, yes. yes. Yeah, they, they hit on three. And so because the model is on, I think, a 35 or 40 millimeter, millimeter base, you have two ranks attacking. So potentially you have every model in the unit attacking if it's a 10-man unit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're looking at 120 You're attacks right right you're looking at, you're looking at uh you're looking at 60 attacks for 10 models plus whatever the catechism of murder bonus right. would be on top of that re-rolling ones with the two inch reach yeah so you're averaging about 40 plus damage a turn sure off this unit yeah. is that regular damage or with mortal wounds included well that i'm I'm thinking regular no, that, damage. That's, that, that, that's regular. That's regular. That's right regular. Yeah. Because although, think, and yeah, again, I, and go ahead. Me, I think if you, if you start incorporating the mortal wound in there, because you do have two attacks that would be specific to mortal wounds, right? That's only going to be 20 attacks coming across with mortals. You're only going to get maybe half of that. Yeah. And you know what? I talked about 40 K too much because it sucked Dustin right into the warp, but he's back with us. So, so Dustin, uh, can you, you want, you want to fill us in on where, we're, where we left off? You know, do you have any, do you have any answer for what we just said? Or you need to repeat it. I don't think he can hear us. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, so here, here's what we got. So, so basically, where the conversation is going is my, my thought was with this command ability it, it, yeah. it, with everything else. You take a unit of ten blood sisters that are going to be buffed mm -hmm. by catechism of murder. I yes. mean, it's it's going to be just like a buzzsaw. Now, think about right. this, especially if it's turned three or four with rerolls of ones to hit and wound respectively. Now, think about that. Now. Now I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to keep the conversation going here since we've kind of tripped a little bit. But I actually see this more potential for the the life takers or the the life uh, the life taker. Uh, I believe uh, with right. with this command ability. I think the blood sisters are already strong enough. Like we've been talking about. I, I don't yeah. think you you you. I don't think you would notice much uh, of of an improvement with this. But if if the life takers they may become great tactical assets now that they can pack a strong enough punch with this. If you think about it that way. Yeah. So, I, I think it's going to be one of those units that you need to focus on to make sure that they don't have one of those other buffs before you engage them. It, it's to the point where if you are doing 20, 20 damage on a normal uh, turn, two or three with only one command buff from the general um, general's handbook, Mm -hmm. Plus, potentially mortal wounds on top of that, you could potentially kill a Mega Gargan with 35 wounds and rend them to the potential where they fall and die. Yeah. Um, right. At that point, if you can kill 500 points in one round with one unit, you have to engage them before or after the point where they can min-max those buffs. You're right. You're right. Well... I mean, the only potential way of really stopping this kind of unit anyway is either they're going to be to shoot it off the table and avoid yeah. contact with it or hit slow it quick or, or just, yeah, slow it down yeah. with, and take the, number, take, like change, change, take the numbers down. Yeah. Or you have to throw small units at, at it to speed yeah. bump it while you blast it off the table but, or something. But okay, so, so we got we got Dustin back with us. Dustin, you're, you're hearing all these guys yeah, banter around and all that. So we got we – got, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, man. So we're 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 kind of tying together how awesome it's going to be with the power of blood, uh, command ability, 
but but what I said before, and I don't know if you caught this, was obviously we're 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 picking the low hanging fruit about who's going to be great with this one, and that's going to be you know uh, you know maybe you know, your your uh, your Malusi, especially you know getting into say uh your i'm sorry your, your blood sisters you know getting into their catechism of murder and you know when they get into turn three and four but i, I said that i think the life takers are going to be the real secret sauce with this little build i mean what say you about this so far with the daughters of cain yeah uh i mean i've uh never gotten around to using any of the harpies but this time around i think i might because um the biggest problem i have with them is they don't have a ton of attacks they're not very durable. Their main ability is uh, maneuverability and because yep. they can move 14, 16 inches. Um, so being able to have them like, you know, swoop in, get buffed to do more attacks and then potentially leave, that actually has some, uh, I, I think, some valid thought in it. Okay. Because, um, again, I've never really used them, but they're – they have some potential to be very, very uh, surgical. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I would, yeah. I would say, Dustin. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you out there, but no, I would say in, in the same sense of what you're, I think what you're getting at is you're looking at a hunter group, and I think that's what you're getting at too, yes. Pat. Is you're looking at a speed group that can get behind the lines and take out the heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. something, something yeah. that's something that's fast can be buffed to have the additional attacks has the additional bravery so they can get through that line without taking, if they take a number of hits, because like you're saying, they are fragile and not run away as quickly, but still have enough potency because of this bloodlust to get in there and mm-hmm. eat up a tan, eat up a cannon or mm-hmm. eat yep. up a wizard that's hiding in the, in a, in a tower somewhere yeah. that that's, exactly. you know, obliterating an army because he's casting things from defense. Right. So right. I think that's what you're getting at when you say that, you know, these are, these are speed. These are, these are your, your elves on crack, so to speak, that are going to get back there and just start eating up all the candy. Yeah. And I agree <laughs> with that. And I, and I, and I know we're kind of, we're kind of burning the clock off the wall, but you know, guys, we owe you a little bit of a longer show tonight because of, uh, of my, my, my back, uh, mishap last week and missing the show, but we're going to keep this going, but I got a question. And this is the question I have for you, Dustin. I'm going to throw this at you. I've been waiting to ask you this one. Because when I was reading about the command ability, this this mm-hmm. this power and blood command ability that uh, you know um, this ability, do do you feel as though? Um, and, but because I feel like that the command ability should have been on the Malusi hero war scroll instead, because it's just kind of a. Uh, yes. Now we can get into the Malusi hero command ability or uh, ability, not command ability. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Okay. But that so, was because to me that would make sense having it on the the iron scale to do something like this. Now, when you actually get into one of the abilities she has, it's it's not her command ability because they haven't even they haven't even mentioned what her command ability is. Um, the the iron scale has an ability called gory offering, where if she slays any models. Um, if any enemy models are slain by wounds inf- inflicted by this model's attacks in the combat phase, you can also add plus one to attack for friendly Malusi wholly within 12. So, wow, you could combo that uh, again. You, you have to kill something with this um, hero and you have to choose to swing with them first when your enemy could potentially go back and kill it. But you could do that give your unit a 20 blood sisters plus one attack 
spend a command point, give them plus one attack, and you're they're at five attacks a model right. minimum. Yeah, at two inch reach. At two so, inch reach. You know, so they, now, now they it, might even have mind razor. Yeah. So that could be two damage each, assuming your bravery is below nine. Uh, because if you're in the the Cobra Kai, you now have Blood Sisters with bravery nine. There's so the reason for that. There's the reason for that good. bravery nine. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. You're right. still not going to do anything to undead, but bravery nine is going to get most things. All right. So th- this is such a great, great, great topic. I mean, but let's let's keep the wheels rolling here on this one. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be a Daughters of Cain army w- without some buffs to the Bloodrack Shrine. And there's a War Scroll Battalion that we came across, and we're kind of throwing it up there on the on the, on the screen here a little bit too, uh, where the the Shrine, uh, I think it's called the Shrine Brood War Scroll Battalion, I believe, which which basically mm-hmm. lets you sacrifice willing warriors to keep your your Bloodrack Shrine fighting in full efficiency. In other words, I guess you you gain wounds back. Um, you use this ability to reclaim wounds, uh, in other words, uh, on your Shrine, which you know buffs the aura of agony. So talk a little bit about that and the strength a little bit that we're going to see with that, with, with the Daughters of Cain there, Dustin. Um, I could see that being potentially good, um, especially because you don't have to take Blood Sisters. You could just take um, two min units of Bloodstalkers and call it a day because um, that would only be 240 points instead of 280 points. Um, I mean, I could see this being absolutely annoying because it doesn't say that you can only take this in Cobra Kai. Right. So if I wanted, I could take this in Hagnar and have a mm-hmm. general on a blood rack shrine that doesn't die, that keeps giving out her aura. However, the problem I have is you have to take two blood rack shrines. So that's 220 points. Or no, I'm sorry, 420 points in addition right. to the other four units you have to take. Right. Plus the plus the price of whatever this battalion is. I don't know about that. So yeah, there might not uh, be. The, it it the, has potential. Yeah, the price might offset the value of it in game, right? I mean, you, you're yeah. looking at you're looking at probably a thousand point battalion right here. Okay. With, uh, now, with, granted, with, if you between the shrines and everything else, you set up. Yeah, if you set up your list correctly and you base it around this, that actually could be pretty powerful. And I would actually say you'd probably want to have witch elves mm-hmm. if you use this. Because then you can just throw away one wound models instead of trying to sacrifice a you know Malusi or something like that. But right, but um, I think but I think if you actually read the thing, you have to go after the harpies or the Malusi. It won't ex- it won't heal unless. Oh, it's you're healed. correct. Yes. All right. So but, you're you're sacrificing harpies right. or you're sal- sacrificing Malusi. Yeah, I think th- I think this oh, whole yeah. thing I think this whole thing is built around the Malusi or the harpies. But let's okay, um, yeah. so so I mean that that's what we know right now, and we're going to get a little bit more into that here in a little bit when we talk more about about Marathi. But we're going to kind of move on here for a second. We're going to talk about some Cities of Sigmar stuff that was revealed that I think, you know, obviously is going to be more of up Justin and, and, and Chuck's oh, realm. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Especially with them but, damn Stormcast. Go ahead. And, and of course, yeah. I'm excited. Just the, just Dark Elves. Bringing, bringing them back. Uh, Sorceress on a Black Dragon. Yes. That's what I'm oh. excited about. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. let's bring back just some regular Dark Elves. So the, he, the, the Sorceress on a Black Dragon is nasty as it is, but I'm there's other things in there I'm more excited about. Yeah. So let's, let, let, me, let me crack the egg here, and I'm going to let Justin and, and, and Chuck mm-hmm. kind of run with this one. So the new Broken Realms book, you know, they're, they're going to let you field, from what I understand, two cities. 
that have been really kind of affected by all the Broken Realms here the most. Obviously, there's Misthaven, which we, we already know of. We've heard of this one. We've read about this one. We understand what that is. Uh, and this is the place that's kind of regarded as, you know, uh, in, in the words of, uh, of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, a hive of scum and villainy, you know, right? It, it's, <laughs> yep. So, and, and, yep. uh, and, and the other uh, free city that we don't really know much about yet is Har Curran, I believe, or Curran or something like that. I'm not exactly Har, sure. Har, Har Curran. Okay, there you go. Thank you. That we, we currently don't know much about, but we're going to be getting into that. But you know, should you choose Misthaven as your city? I guess in this some type of a build, you'll have to claim a city. Uh, your heroes are going to gain access to some of the elixirs or, or drugs that are available in the shadow <laughs> port. So in other words, your heroes are now going to be drug dealers. Who knew? Oh, yeah. You know, Well, criminal element, man. So Hive of scum and villainy. Of, High scum and villainy and criminal element. Exactly. So, 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 so take it away. I mean, Justin, Chuck, tell us a story, man. What are your thoughts on this thing? So... Misthaven is kind of the the primary realm of the beast hunters. It's the the dark elves for the most part, or what we currently have as dark elves. Okay. So that's where you're finding all of like the cell swords, the 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 beast tamers, all that kind of thing. They're the ones that fish the oceans for the hydras and use them as as battalions, things of that matter. The big nice temptation on the uh, Misthaven is they're they're getting into that that aspect that the witch elves have had, which is the drugs, the narcotics. Right. And the two they have listed on here is that Synthrosanthrum, I think is how they pronounced it, which is a plus one to the hit rolls made up by attacks from the user. And the second one it is Witch Mist, which allows them to ignore any modifiers to their armor saves. Right. Right. Which, and that's two of six. There's six of these drugs, these these narcotics, and we only know two of them. Yeah, yeah. But but what's funny though is if you if you go back to to, to what we you know to, to this whole this whole narcotic thing, so you can choose one additional friendly hero. So in other words, you you can have what right. two to have the Misthaven narcotic for each War Scroll battalion in your army. Yep. So a hero cannot have more than one Misthaven narcotic, and you said there's six of them, right? And and we yeah, only currently know of two at this point. Right. Um, and you can declare that a hero with a Misthaven narcotic can use it. Now, each Misthaven narcotic can be used only once per battle. So that's kind of, I'm not a big fan of once per battle stuff. Uh, and it has no effect on the bearer's mount. So right. that, that's kind of what we know at this point as far as the Misthaven narcotics, really before we talk about the two that we know about. I mean, uh, you know, Chuck, I mean, what are your thoughts? And then Justin, back him up on, on what what he what he thinks. Uh, what 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 your thoughts and his comments are? Um, you know, I am a complete backing of Justin. Uh, I am personally not a dark elf player with the black dragon. I love the model, but I am more focused on the stormcast eternal potential. And we're getting there. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> we're getting so, there. So the big potential that I'm seeing with just yeah. with just the two we have is the Dark Elf Assassin. It's oh, considered oh, it's, yeah. it's considered a hero model. Yeah, it hides in units. It has the ability to still hide in any of the Dark Elf units that are in the game, and can potentially be released at any point in time of of a combat phase. And pop its narcotic when it needs it. So, so just yeah. with the first just with the first narcotic, which is the plus one to the hit rolls. You've got an assassin coming across with six to eight attacks, hitting on twos, yep. re-rolling ones, and have a damage two poisonous blade. 
So, so you got That's a potential scary. of six. You got a potential of twelve to fourteen points of damage coming across sure. from one character that you have no idea he's even there until he strikes you. Right. Right. So you know, and if you want, if you want to say something cool about the save one, you put that onto a, a dark elf lord that has not only the the criminal intent abilities from the cities of Sigmar, where he's got his illicit activities ability, right. but then you give him the unmodifiable save on top of a dragon this dude chomps into your rear line and you're not modifying his three plus armor yeah there's that i mean there's a clever way to kind of uh you know kind of kind of use that but i mean dustin i want to throw this at you i mean of, of the two of the two temptations the dark temptations that we know about um we we were exposed to two of them and the witch mist is the one that i want to bring up to you i mean uh considering you know you know you're, you're a witch guy uh now, how how valuable do you think this is going to be as far as when we talk about when the narcotic is used? Until your next hero phase, you ignore the modifiers when making save rolls for attacks that target that user. So it, it negates anything. Uh, I guess it would be Ren, too, I suppose. It's anything that would modify armor. So, so the Ren value. Yeah. I mean, there's some real value there. I mean, just like what Justin was saying, you have your Dreadlord on a Black Dragon with a 3-plus armor save, and you need to tie up a unit for a turn. Okay, send him over there. By the way, you can't rend my armor. You yeah, know, so I'm it's a target. saving on a 3-plus. Yeah, you basically turn him into a Night Haunt where it's, it's you know, oh, 3-plus armor, unrendable. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yep. your, your snakes that, you know, are popping off all their abilities this turn that are, you know, hitting with X amount of attacks and... Rend minus two, rend three, or whatever, and all yep, of a sudden this dude, this dude flies in and just says, "Okay, you're hitting me at base numbers. I get a three plus save, and then I'm coming back and chomping your line." Yeah, yeah. And I think from a practical standpoint, I like the fact that they're spoon feeding a little life into the cities of Sigmar. I kind of yeah. like that, and I, and they, they do that every now and again, right? We got a little bit with the mm-hmm. with the with the tempest with the temp uh, te- uh, the the um. Uh, the the Karajan overlords, uh, they 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 can be added in the uh, Tempest Eye. Tempest Eye, yeah. Uh, where they did that, and now they're doing this here. I, I like, I kind of like what they're doing as far as just kind of just interjecting a little bit of life into it. But uh, talk about a little bit of life that we're going to interject into somebody, man. We got Chuck. We're going to wake him right up because we're talking about Stormcast Eternals, <laughs> man. We got uh, we got the Golden Boys right here, man. And then this is uh, this is his jam right here, man. Chuck, you ready to talk about this one? A little bit. So, you know, it, it is one of the factions that you can ally with within the new Marathi book. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the Mortal Auxiliaries. One in every four units in a Stormkeep army can be a Cities of Sigmar unit. Yep. You have one of the bravery characteristics of those units while they are wholly within 12 inches of friendly Liberator unit. In addition, when you pick a unit that can benefit from the command ability from the Battle Tome Stormcast Eternals. You can treat those units as if they were Stormcast Eternal units. So what does that mean? That's cool. That's very that, cool. So so that means we look at the Stormcast Eternal book and every command ability from the book, right? So what is that? Over. Right. So now we have like, you know, faction specific. We have uh, the general command abilities. If we look at general command abilities, we have one of my favorites. And it's not a very aggressive one but it is staunch defender right yeah, where you get right. plus armor for any unit wholly within the six or nine or 12 inches of your primary unit of the character that is a big deal. well the cool the cool thing about this too chuck is that this is feeding into the already capability of the cities of sigmar where they can have one in four stormcast turtles in their army which is, which is exactly what chuck was saying so yeah. right 
but what, what this is doing is it's giving those non Stormcast Eternal units the keyword Stormcast Eternal so right. that they can use so, that ability. Yeah, yeah so, so Chuck, center. walk which, us through. Which, the, which they couldn't do before. So, Chuck, walk us through the power of that, man. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, it, it's a stacking power with the current units that you already right. have. You can add plus one armor to your units that already have a four up armor to a three. I mean, it just improves the survivability. Um, if you're looking at other generic abilities, it's going to increase your to hit. It's going to increase your to wound value. It is. I mean, it's just some. It, if you can treat something as if it has the keyword, then it's essentially a stormcast unit with the command ability, essentially. Um, so it, it is one more step in in stacking the saves and stacking the uh, fighting ability that your units already have. Could you imagine great swords with all of that with all those abilities? Yeah. Could you imagine great swords with the ability to teleport across the battle field, being thrown across the battlefield on a wave of lightning? Uh, just ride the lightning. It, yep. It's unbelievable. That I, I mean, this you know, this right here, Pat. Makes me go, okay, my Greywater Fastest Army. I drop a unit of Liberators in there, and all of a sudden, I'm teleporting a tank across so, the battlefield. So we got, we got Liberators here. Now, when I first read this, I, I guess Let's I guess create. it's funny. You know, We're going we're gonna to start seeing Let's a lot create. of Liberators on the table now again, which I think is a great thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the potential for what this alone is going to do. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from what we just talked about from the, the you know, the, the drug users in the cities of Sigmar uh, or, or, or even really, I, I, but I think this is, a, I think what this has done and we're, we're, we're about to get into the Ideneth Deepkin because I think as far as the three real winners in, in this thing, obviously outside of what the, the awesome story arc with Marathi that we're going to end with, but this Stormcast Eternals, I mean, I want to, I want to kind of sit in this for just a, a, another minute or two because Chuck, I mean, this is your army. This is what you know. This is kind of where you've kind of been. Sure. You've been a big advocate for this. So give us some sure. give us some um, tie-ins of where you think this is really so going to knock it out there, of the park. There's an, another tie-in with the generic keyword that Justin was getting at with uh, the potential to teleport. But there's also another character that allows you to reroll failed ones to hit for shooting and close combat that mm -hmm. would you potentially fly over and be within 9 or 10 inches of a unit. Um, so there are multiple combinations from different hero models in addition to just the command ability. So it, it's, you've got to keep that in perspective. It's not just the command ability, it's the key word. So there's right. two avenues to pursue there. Um, it, it just depends, you know, if you're, if you're tying in Stormcast Eternals in, you take your Liberators, you, you tie in another hero model and you've got the potential to push that. So, so, that army, so just like a Stormcast Eternal army. So 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 now you're telling me that my my tanks not only can Blitzkrieg but they're hitting on zeros. No, no there's no auto hitting. No, you know, I I think you're always still going to be a two plus. You reroll I mean, your ones. Yeah, I'm already at that with what my build is, but yeah, now it'd be zeros. Yeah, I mean, it just honestly, this this opens up so many tactical and narrative options for the Stormcast Eternals. It's 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 like they might as well have gotten a whole brand new book. I mean, See what we're, what we're talking about at the top of the the top of the, the topic. Yeah, we yeah. These, these simple changes. What we're doing. Yeah, I mean, so so let's let's move on with this one as much as we can sit on this one because we're going to go on to the Ideneth Deepkin right now, and then the high class white trash man. We're getting into your eels here, dude. So we are uh, we are we are or the necessary poro. Somebody somebody was talking about that. We're going to get into the necessary poro. Sorry about that. High class white trash. Pay attention too, man. This will help you out. But um, 
the Adnet Deepkin, I mean, they're getting some updates to a number of their war scrolls, including those for the uh, the Leviathan, I believe, and for the um, the uh, the the Eidolons and the Mathlon. Um, and the Alapexes, which I was really happy to see, making them really, I think, more of a, of an attractive... I think we're going to see a lot more of them on, on the tabletop now. I mean, I think with the Alapexes uh, in a new War Scroll Battalion, I think it's called uh, Deadly Guardians, I think is, um, is something that I think is really going to really going to boost them because this one here, this battalion, in a nutshell, it, it's going to add one to hit rolls for attacks made with barbed hooks and blades, by all mm-hmm. Alopex's units within the battalion that are that are wholly within 12 inches of the uh, Achillean King, which I would imagine this also has uh, would include uh, what's his name the um, the named King. Uh, um, I can't think of his name. The the named King. I can't think of him right now. Uh, uh, any rate, but uh, you also are going to roll a dice before you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the to this this King. The 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 the, the and if I remember right. This battalion, if it's within three inches of any other Alopex unit from the same battalion on a two plus, uh, you must instead, I guess, give that wound over or mortal wound to those other units. So it's also a, a character. But here's the other thing, guys. From what I understand, the Alopexes in 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 this in this in this army are also now faster up to fourteen inches. Yep. Potentially, yeah. yes. That's yes, cool. pot- potentially fourteen inches, and the fact that they are now. Basically, a school of like screen, school of like, sharks, a school of sharks, basically. Yeah, school so of sharks. You, yeah. So you, you, you've just got this. You've got this school of sharks swimming around this king and absorbing all the damage. And it says it allocates it to a unit. Well, every one of those alopexes is considered a separate unit, so you actually don't right. have to keep allocating them until you can spread it around. Yeah. Um, right. I also want to jump you, in here, and I, I don't mean to like stop the conversation. And everybody's looking at me because they don't know what I'm going to say next. But I <laughs> I hope with this release, we don't see 15 eels still swimming across the table. I hope we can get a variation for Ideneth Deepkin on the table or some, you know, their variation thereof. Because I believe moving in the past six to 12 months, what we see is, you know, two units of six eels, two units of nine eels. And and that's it, you know. I'd and they love to have well, an army of twenty-four sharks. inches across the table, and they're just killing well, everything. I, I think you are going to see that. Yeah. I think you, so. So I think, hey. you, I think you are going to see that just because of one, the the chat, the fact that they they decrease the points on the Alapexes. They're only hundred points a model. Yep. And if I'm correct, I think they have like two. Check the book, Justin, check that's, the book. That's that's what I'm checking real quick because I want to I want to make sure I got this information but, but real right. Quick, while Justin, but real quick while Justin's checking in the books, you know, Chuck, you're saying so necessary Poro, He throws in there. It's not 15 eels. It's 24 eels. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so like basically we saw armies nice. with 15 eels in them. Whether it was like six and nine or, or a huge unit of 15, I don't know. It's just whenever I played up against one, it was like a. 19 inch move they killed my unit and then they got to kill something else so, and so like, okay this is getting with, old. with that deadly guardians you've basically taken the barbed hooks and blades which yeah. is five attacks hitting on threes wounding on fours damage one now you've taken it to five attacks hitting on twos uh well, yeah, yeah. at hundred points a model. But let's let's let's, so, let's 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 back up a little bit because what you said and, and Justin, that's awesome what you just said and, and bingo. But let me, in the top of the show at the news, if you guys remember, what were you what were you guys were saying was one of the premier things in the game, speed. With these speed, things yeah. now up to fourteen inches, 
But let's also add into something else they got. They got this thing called this this entangled rule or something like that. And mm-hmm. where this is is a, a, a unit of these sharks that has been, or, or I'm sorry, an enemy unit, I think is what it is, that has been hit by any attacks made with these these nets, these net launchers that the they have. Launchers. Yeah. yeah, they cannot make a pile-in move in the same turn. Now think about that. That's think about nuts. all these units that get these extra three-inch buffs for their pile-ins or six-inch or, hell, my Yetis. I mean, you, you've completely hornswoggled enemy units and you've gotten to them first, most likely. This army was already breakneck fast next to Slamish. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, guys, if we don't see more Alapexes on the table, it's gonna be a surprise because these guys, from what they that minor tweak that they did to their War Scroll under yeah. this under this ability, makes a hundred point unit that is not only a shield. But as a sword as well, and it's extremely a fast sword. I mean, yeah, you, you've got a defensive unit there that can keep a king alive, while the king is mostly a radiation bl- a radio buff anyway. But it keeps him alive right. and can still hit you at range because of the harpoon launcher slowing you down, and then hit you with five attacks at twos. Right, right. I mean, but it's, what, that's crazy. It's like they were already a speed army, and now they have. And I wasn't even thinking that before. Now they got a variation to a second or third unit. Now they can move 14 or more inches per turn. Right. Right. Yeah. So well, if well, and if you, if you make them run, four units. you can make these things run with a command ability. And you potentially you're sitting at a 20-inch move on a, on a unit before it charges or anything else of that manner. That's you know, especially during that the different tides where they can they can run and charge. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. got a tw- effectively a 20, what, a 32 inch charge capability mm-hmm. something crazy yeah. that's a that's a that's a that's a cross table objective capture you are absolutely on it yeah you're absolutely on it but you know and, and again I, and and when we and, and the thing is alopexes are really becoming one of my favorite you know fishy units but i gotta i want to i want to kind of keep the conversation going here because i think leviadons and don't and, and i'm saying this kind of early so let me just let me say this as far as what i know right now and what i think is going to happen but i think leviadons are more reliable and, and let me just say what I'm saying is because I think the biggest change here is the um, uh, the, uh, the the void drum ability. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and is this new or is this I can't remember now. But, but anyway, it, it basically it, it makes your own units harder to detect and allows you to hit your enemies easier, meaning with 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 the Leviathans. So the void, the void drum, they had a built-in ability. I think it was based on the void drum right, or something. Right. I, I'm, I'm it calling it right now. I should grab my book right here. It wasn't that big of a. Um, the old void. Let's see. The void drum was here. Was uh, units are treated as being in cover or they're wholly within twelve inches of any friendly leviathan. Yeah. So I don't know if they tweaked it or changed it because I can't seem to find well, the new. Let's let's just talk about. I mean, so what update, we what we but... know is the extra abilities, and this is what I was trying to get at when I'm talking about the leviathan. So the extra abilities really open up the option for the the Namardi heavy infantry force backed by, you know, supporting Leviathans uh, to, to really to really kind of ex- expose the enemy to a lot of difficult dice rolls. Let's put it that way. And, right. and, and it works pretty well on eels too, by the way. Uh, but I think this is going to be more of a foot slogger uh, type, of, um, type of piece. And the first thing I want to touch on with this is the Leviathans, uh, they, have, they have access to a new set of powerful mount traits. 
and I think they're the they're the ancient trait. Uh, the ancient trait, for example, which will make unwounded Leviathans a two plus save, like you were saying, Justin, mm-hmm. which obviously is going to be, you know, much harder to, to circumvent if you're the enemy on the table. But the other one is the deep mare that you, mount, you, you mentioned. That's why I wanted to kind of go back on this for a minute. And the, the deep mare mounts also, uh, you know, I guess it now has access to, uh, to a set of traits. So if you're all about aggression, you know, savage ferocity and all that other good stuff that's going to happen, you know, which which pretty much every Ideneth Deepkin player I've ever played, you know, that, that added in with speed, you're going to ensure that you have all the attacks you need with the lack of retort back from your your, your enemy to really just gut your 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 enemy like a like a pig. And I think that's you mean what like the, a fish, like a fish. Well, yeah, tear into your yeah, exactly. Turn him into chum. There you go. <laughs> right, right. So they did modify. So I just found the void, the new void drum rule, and they did modify it. So it's it is adding a save to the to any friendly item, uh, deepkin uh, unit that have a wound characteristic of or of eight or less. Okay. So All that right. not only that not only affects the eels, it also affects things like sir. I think there's certain characters that are under eight wounds, things of that matter as well. Plus, you know. And then it says, in addition, it's wholly within 12 inches. It says, in addition, it adds one of the hit rolls for attacks made by friendly Namardi units that are targeting enemy wholly within 12 inches of any friendly Leviathan. So right. if the Leviathan's on the front line, they're on the front line, and there you go. All right. So so before we move on to the next next little piece here, we got one more little piece to get to before we talk about Marathi. I'm going to throw this out to our guest, with Dustin, here. So what do you think, man? Would you ever consider now? Because I know that you're kind of a purist with your daughters of Cain. Would you ever consider using, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Idnit Deepkin in your army? Would you ever ally them in, or are you still going to stick with your pure line at this point? Um, I I still think Dars of Cain work best um, with only their allegiance. Um, however, I, I don't think I would ally Deepkin in, but I kind of want to run an army of sharks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's funny because uh, <laughs> you, you know I was just thinking the same thing. But even on the boards, necessary Poro just basically just says that uh, uh, the the Alapexes are quickly becoming a Swiss Army shark. I love that. Swiss <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> great, great way to put that. But uh, but moving on, we're going to get on now to to something that I was kind of I'm finally happy to see a little bit of love being thrown here towards the slaves of darkness. And to be honest with you, I mean, what what would this storyline be? What would any storyline in this game be without the real bad guys of all bad guys? And that's the slaves of darkness army. I mean, these guys are they're seeking to take advantage of. Uh, of the chaos that's caused uh, and really in the wake of what Marathi's causing here. These guys are, are seeing an advantage and they're taking it. And I think the Broken Realms book, uh, from what I'm gathering, it's going to let you take uh, a, a lot of idolater keywords is what I'm hearing. There's going to be a lot of tie-ins to Slanesh when you use the damned Legion battle trait, which which mm-hmm. kind of was something that we talked about here in Grimdark Live way back when the Wrath of uh, Everchosen first came out. But uh, these armies represent, to me, the ultra-zealots, mortal followers of Chaos, possibly Slanesh, but Chaos overall, who specialize really in just destruction, tearing down, you know, false gods. And, uh, and, and I think this keyword is going to give you access to a lot of range of uh, new, 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 new prayers, uh, among other benefits. And one thing that I, I noticed was this blessing of corn. That was obviously um, released as kind of a hint that I want to talk about. 
Um, are, have you guys, are you guys familiar with this? Mm -hmm. So it looks yeah. like, it looks like one of the many blessings there could be obviously Nurgle and, and, and Slanesh and Zeech in there as well. But this one corn here, you're going to pick one corn friendly idolaters unit wholly within 12 inches of, of this model and make a prayer roll by rolling a dice on a one or a two. The prayer is not answered. Obviously that's very typical, but on a three plus, which yep. is pretty easy to get, you can reroll hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that unit until your next hero phase. Now here's what I want to say, reroll hit rolls. That's hugely powerful. Not, not rerolls of one, not anything else. I, I, I like the fact that, that, I think GW took a step back and said, you know, we kind of chop blocked Slaves of Darkness since they were released. And we've bitched about it here on the show for a long time. But it's kind of nice to see them giving Slaves to Darkness a little bit of love, a little bit of oomph in this storyline. I like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gentlemen, what's I, I mean, for well, a three plus chance to reroll all your melee attacks? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, why, why do you think Hagnar is so powerful? Rerolls yeah. well, hits. All right. hits. I mean, it, it's a great ability in in the long run. You just have to remember that the way with the way hits are done in the game is if you're hitting on a three plus, you're not re-rolling it if it's a modified above that. So you would only be rolling rolls of ones and twos at that point. Yeah, right. You know, because yeah. even if you even if you roll that three to hit, but you actually needed a five because you had other modifiers, you still actually hit. You just missed because of the modifiers. True. True. So, but I mean, still having the ability to re-roll every say one and two in existence there there you go you know okay. what i mean yeah i mean it's good and i know i know we're kind of burning the clock off the wall but we owe you a longer show tonight folks and then we're going to hang in there because we got marathi coming up here in a minute but before we kind of round out our first portion of the uh of the, the whole conversation here on the broken realms i mean uh chuck dustin what do we got man Any, anything to kind of close out before we get to marathi the time of marathi is finally here i just want to say before like Justin craft on the Slaves of Darkness parade that <laughs> if I can <laughs> my hits with my Chaos Knights, which I have probably 20 of from about five years ago, that I'm definitely going to throw this into my Marathi army. So, well, still, even that, Chuck, your Chaos Knights hitting on threes, you know, yeah. and still getting the ability to reroll all ones and twos. That's awesome. It's awesome. I'm, yeah. not, saying it's not, I'm not saying it's not awesome. I just... You know, it's a lot of people forget that the the hit the way the hit roll works is it's based yeah. on the number you have. So if you're hitting on fours, you you get to re-roll the modified ones, twos, unmodified ones, twos, and threes. Right. You know, so we're just I mean, I'm looking at like on on, on a berserker unit that's hitting on fours, yeah. throwing sixty dice. Hell, that's a that's a lot of re-rolls. Yeah, with, <laughs> with the number of attacks. I think you gotta look at it as like the number of attacks, and if we can get 60, 80 attacks out of a, a unit, um, if we have 20 to 25 misses, but we can, you know, get 18 more hits out of that, that is a very good plus, even with like a minor right. hit net overall. Right. right. That ability can be very substantial. And I mean, we haven't even seen what Zinch Nurgle or Slanesh is even going to be yeah. offering as a prayer, which I mean, if Nurgle's coming back and saying, Hey, you get to reroll your, your regeneration saves or whatever it is, you know, your, your disgusting, your disgusting resilience for saves. I mean, that, that's, that, that would make Nurgle more disgusting than they already are. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it just, it depends on what this, these books and these series of updates that we're getting are great in terms of making our books have 
a longevity to them that we didn't have. Right. It keeps them from having to be rewritten every year to two years. Right. right. I was going to say the 12 to 18 month cycle that they were on <laughs> accelerates them to potentially 24 months or at least right. eight, that's like three, which would be June or July of 2021. Right. 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 Exactly. So Dustin, yeah. anything, anything to say before we, uh, we take a break and, and yell at Justin for mother F and slaves darkness. <laughs> uh, that's, that's it for now, I think. All right, guys, we're going to be right back with some Marathi. So, so Dustin, you know, keep your clothes on, man. You know, we don't want to embarrass you. I know you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're coming right back. Thanks guys. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, did somebody say Marathi? Are we going to be talking about Marathi? I mean, are we are we ready to get into this here, guys? Because, I mean, this, uh, this is it, man. Here we go, Marathi. I mean, she is... Um, She's, uh, she's making some power moves. As, as you guys have been listening here in the top of the show, we kind of covered it in the news and kind of throughout uh, the Broken Realms discussion here. But we know that Marathi's making some power moves in the opening stages of the Broken Realms saga. I mean, her actions, uh, they aren't just uh, written into the, the background anymore, man. They are, they are a massive impact on the way she is going to be playing in the game. And we got a great guest with us here today. we got Dustin Hart, who is a Daughters of Cain aficionado. I mean, this guy is all about it. And, uh, and Marathi's kind of his girl, man. I mean, I've, 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 I've overheard him quietly talking to her in the corner of the game store. And he gets very jealous. Uh, he gets very jealous if anybody looks at her. And, you know, he gets very upset. So we try to, we try to not stare at her very very too, very too long but uh but Dustin we're gonna have a great conversation with this man I mean we know that this is going to be huge and what we've learned about her and what her war scrolls are going to be are just and, and her, her, her table presence are going to be great but yeah here's what I wanted to say namely players are going to be able this is what I this is what just bowled me over and and, and talk on this players are going to be able to field both of her forms at one time on the tabletop at the same time. I mean, Marathi, yeah, Marathi no longer at all has to, has to swap between her two forms. Both, you know, miniatures can be on the battlefield at the same time. How huge is this man? Oh, it's, it's amazing because the, I mean, Marathi is good at what she does in each form. But before you're limited to one at a time. Now you can have both. You can have a, a very good spellcaster 
and a amazing beat stick on the table at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. But also, um, in the the rule uh, that we have up here, the one soul, two two bodies. If you're trying to, you know, snipe a little Marathi, uh, it's just going to transfer wounds onto big Marathi. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so I mean, let, let's kind of boil this out. You have to deal here. with the big one before you can get rid of the small one. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I had a, I had a, I had a girl tell me that once. <laughs> you oh have to no! To deal with the big one to, to, to get rid of the small one. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Okay. What, what wow. You know what? It's, right. it's all this Marathi slanesh talk. You guys, it's your fault. I would want to. I want to talk about pirates and rum. Anyway, so, so, but, but let's get back. So both war scrolls, I mean, so it's what you were saying too. Both war scrolls are a little different now, but the biggest Mm -hmm. change is the one soul, two bodies ability that, that we're currently showing right now that we're going to talk about. And, and like you were saying, Dustin, this is a huge boost to the daughters of Kane forces because as both models are now in play at the table from, from really the, the, the start the the shadow queen or marathi or whatever you want to call her she doesn't she doesn't begin the game with any wounds allocated to her mm-hmm. so touch on that man i mean that that's i mean that's that's huge yeah because how it was previously um small marathi would have six wounds big marathi would have 12 wounds so if you dealt you know if you smacked marathi in the face and did you know five wounds to her on the first turn you'd have big marathi transform with you know Five wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Four wounds left or whatever. Right. And um, that, that was a big deal. Um, So that's why, uh, like I talked about previously, you would just basically kind of ignore spellcaster Marathi and get big Marathi into the thick of things as soon as possible. Now you can use both of them and Mm -hmm. you can basically have small Marathi casting spells at, I would assume double the range like she normally has. Right. Um, for basically the whole game because right um it hasn't been said but i would assume uh because of the the second part of this ability here that she still that big marathi still has the heart of cain which means she can still only take three wounds i think that's the case i really do i still think that's the case because and and let's let's look at it this way as a player you're going to be dealing (laughs) massive damage twice over Think about this. You're going to be granting huge advancements and boons to your army in two places, guys. You're going to be doing mm-hmm. this in two places and forcing your yep. enemy, your opponent, to deal with two immense threats at once on the table. Yeah. For what I would assume paying for one model. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean it's the, just, that's what it's looking like, Pat. Is it's one cost for both models. Yeah. The the rumor the rumor is 600 points, which okay. makes sense. Which would make which, sense. Honestly, that's that's worth it. That's a steal. That's a steal. That's a steal for what you're going to be able to do with her. That's techless level, but it's still yeah. a steal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chuck. I mean, the wheels are turning, man. I can see. What, what do you got? What do you think? You know, it, this just has potential to be. Um, from what I see, people trying to juggle how to eliminate both models simultaneously, but they can't, and they. <laughs> To yeah. kill one, but you know your primary focus is to eliminate both. So it's going to be uh, the better of the lesser of two evils. Like which one do you try and get rid of if you can, um, and if you can't because the wounds are allocated to another. You know what is the best recourse for that for your army in order to destroy or take out the model that's threatening you the most. Well, I- I'm going to play the devil's advocate on this again and poke holes. 
like you like I do. If, no. you read, if you read the second half of the One Soul Two Potties, it says that once the Shadow Queen is eliminated, the Lower Queen is dead. Correct. She's removed as well. Okay, but let me let me let me so throw this out there. If you, if you if you gun for the Shadow Queen full force, you take out the caster without having to touch her. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Let's 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 throw this out there. I, I was I, I we're gonna we're gonna push the command ability aside for a second. This worship through bloodshed, and I want to go right to what you said there. Uh, Justin, and then I'm going to kind of piggyback on kind of the, the dual points here that Dustin and Chuck just made. All right. So it, due to the split, right, the Shadow Queen is now more of a dedicated damage dealer. I think that's safe. I think that's a safe way to put it, right? Yeah. With right. an enhanced gaze attack that acts more like a traditional weapon. I'll just, I, I'm trying to describe this as best like I can. But <clears throat> with more than double the range than she had before. I mean, let, let me boil all the water out of the pot here, guys. We have eight attacks, negative two rend, three damage. That's oh, obscenely yeah. powerful. That is, that's, that's yeah. a beat stick right there. And I it's mean, hitting on threes, wounded on threes, but so, they're modifiable by the rest of the stuff we've looked at tonight. Yeah. So yep. in, in all, the changes really makes the two halves of Marathi more powerful and really simpler to use. I yeah. mean, this model got yeah, simpler to use. you don't have to worry use. about transforming or anything. It's just, here you go. You have two of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But so, so Dustin, here's my question back to you and and maybe, I don't know, uh, Chuck, Justin, you know, fill in the, the, the gaps here, but you know, we know that she got an upgrade meaning Marathi, but my question is, does she still have the iron heart of Cain rule? Do we, do we know? Uh, that's the assumption. We don't know for certain. And if anything, if uh, anyone has it, it'd be the shadow queen, not little Marathi. Okay. Um, the only thing I can assume is um, when you look at the one soul, two bodies, um, if small Marathi gets hit by something that would slay the model, it instead um, allocates three wounds, three wounds to the Shadow Queen. Right. But if it's only three wounds, that would fit with her only being able to take three wounds per face. Or uh, I'm sorry, per uh, battle round. Well, I mean, when you read that ability in full, Dustin, it basically is saying that no matter what damage you do to that spellcaster in a turn, it translates to the shadow. Okay. Yes, correct. Hold on. I, I, I want to make sure I understand what you guys are saying here. So so when we talk about the, the Iron Heart of Cain rule, if she has it or not, uh, mm-hmm. because if, if she can still only take three wounds a turn, she is going to be crazy strong now, guys. I mean, think about that. I mean, in, 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 in here's the thing. In, in looking at the War Scroll and kind of talking about this, in total, it looks like her Crown of Serpents changed from five attacks to 2d6, and the, uh, the, 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 the Heart Trender has two more attacks when she's at full life. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The Gaze of Shadow uh, Queen went from <laughs> a, a hilarious but, you know, fun gimmick, I think, to a somewhat reliable shooting attack going yeah. from... Yes six to 18 inches also. So, I mean, she was always very potent as a beat stick, but I think now, right. uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I think now you get, you pay for one, you get two, either one you attack, she's going to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Um, and if she still has the iron heart of cane rule, where, like I said, she can, she can only take three wounds a turn. 600 points. You'll be dealing with, for most of the game 600 yeah. points is a freaking steal. steal yep yeah yeah 
that that's that's the one that's the one caveat we're not seeing is if she still carries that iron heart because if she car- and and which version of or what variant of her is carrying it mm-hmm. because if again even if it's just a tiny little you know dinky priestess that's carrying it then you're only translating three no. moons over off a of spellcaster yep. you know and then if if it's something that outright slays her because she has the backup rule of that where if it would slay the model outright, it's only three wounds. It basically is like it's a shadow parody or a, a variant of that that Iron Heart. So it's like you can go after the big one. You can do all these individual wounds to her to kill her. But if you have something that would like the Sword of Kings come up and be able to hack her down, it's only going to do three. So it's like a lesser version of it, so to speak. You okay. know? Okay, but let, let's let's talk about – let's go back to one of – let me play devil's advocate, and I'm going to throw this at you, Dustin. What about, what about, what about shooting? I mean, you know, here's something to consider. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. this doesn't change the fact that I think that they need to, to, to fix the shooting meta. I think that there's, I think it's, I think it's very swingy, but um, if you think about it with, with these, with this new ability and having her on the table, uh, I'm thinking that with some shooting armies out there, Karajan overlords, you know, maybe some of the, the orc, uh, um, builds, you know, I don't, I think the, I think these rules aren't going to mean much in turn two against some of those armies. If, if she's off the table, if that's a possibility or, or am I drawing, mm-hmm. am, am I, am I, am I whistling in the wind with that one? Uh, I mean, she's, uh, at least small Marathi is still going to have the, the beautiful rule or whatever, where she still gets minus one to hit. Um, so that'll help certainly. And then she'll have, you know, if you're smart, look out, sir, um, or ma'am. Um, so most shooting, she'll be minus two to hit. Right. Now, that's not infallible, but that's really going to help against shooting. Yeah. I, um, I, I still think you're looking at the fact that if you have the large snake on the table and you have Marathi on the table, a smart player is going to ignore small Marathi and just go yes. after that big one. If she doesn't have that iron heart, they're just going to shoot that big model off the table and Marathi's going to just go with it because she dies immediately oh, yeah. if the big model is destroyed. So I, I I don't know. I think with the current way the shooting meta works is if there's not an iron heart there, it doesn't matter what debuffs they have on the beautiful version of Marathi. Oh, she's yeah. Gonna you just target the big the table. one. Yeah. Okay. You know, she'll, she'll get targeted right off the table so- turn one, turn two. I'm gonna I'm gonna poke holes in this kind of like how Justin does. <laughs> what, if, what if we retain Ironheart, uh, the Shadow Queen with her Gaze of the Shadow? You know, it got buffed to 18 inches, negative three Ren, two up, two up for hit and wound, D6 damage. We got to deal with her for four turns if we have the item right. Right. If okay. someone right. takes a Bloodstalker army, or at least a Bloodstalker based army with Heartseeker bows range 24 inches, and they put the Shadow Queen out there as the main target. Are we not dealing with a shooting-based cane army that has the potential to, you know, eliminate characters that that give the buff for the opposing army? Then they put the Shadow Queen out there as the main target, who can only take three wounds per turn, and there it it becomes more of a shooting meta game based off this army. Yep. You actually you actually have hit the nail right on the head there, Chuck. That is an excellent you, you, point. You've turned the Daughters of Cain with this kind of ability into a shooting meta army as well. Well, and, and, and I've been I've been wanting to use Bloodstalkers again. Well, so let's we let's are. throw that. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the command ability, worship through bloodshed. Can we can we talk about so, that? 
Yep. I am okay. so happy. I'm so happy with this because the only thing they needed to do to this command ability was remove the fact that Marathi had to be your general. Now it's if she's on the battlefield. Um, yeah, you, you pick a Darzakane unit, hold you within 24 inches. Um, that unit can shoot, or if it's in, within three inches of enemy units, it can fight um, in the hero phase. You cannot right. use it more than once in the same phase. Right. That's really nice. Yeah, but but because oh. it's not useless. Yeah, but now going back to the whole shooting aspect, I mean, this unit, if they're wholly within 24 inches of the model, that unit can shoot, or if it's within three inches of an enemy unit, it can fight. Yep. Oh, my God. So now you have a, almost a built-in <laughs> protection for your big Marathi, maybe. Yep. If you think about that. I think that's, well, uh, I think that's what I, that I believe. I believe the worship through bloodshed, I think that's still on the small one. Because okay. uh, the Fury of the okay. Shadow Queen, I think, is on the big one. Um, just because that would actually fit. But, yeah, you surround her with uh, a bunch of archers. And you're shooting, you know... Uh, in the hero phase and shooting in the shooting phase. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have fat and Rathy just wrecking things with snakes around her that are also did, getting extra did you, attacks. Did you just say fat Marathi? Dude. I sure did. <laughs> okay, okay. Totally. Uh, so, so, so just, just, she'll just get mad at me. Okay. I, I got a train of thought here that I got to get this out. Okay. Going back to the battalion we looked at with the two shrines and the stalkers and all that in it. So if you had the two shrines, Marathi, Units of stalkers with bows, harpies to feed blood into those cauldrons to keep those cauldrons active, auras going, and then a line of small snakes in front of it as a chipper shredder. You, you literally have a lawnmower. A oh, range, sure do. A range. A lawnmower, lawnmower that isn't isn't going to die very easily. No, you, a, a lawnmower that's not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. They yeah. they just re they rewrote the book with just three things. Yep. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's 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 amazing. So so let's let's round this out here. Let's round this out. This has been a fantastic conversation, and 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 I, I, we could we could talk on this. Well, we we could just keep going. But I want to I want to kind of round this out with some thoughts, and 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 you know, Dustin, kind of let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. So to round out what we know, and and this is where we all started in this conversation back with the news at the top of the show, and and here's my sum up of of the lore as I see it and where things are going. Because I'm trying to tie in everything from the Broken Realms to the Daughters of Cain to Marathi to the Eidneth Deepkin to the Slaves of Darkness to the those damn Stormcast Eternals and to those Slaves of Darkness guys that, that, that Justin mother effed a little while ago. So here's, here's where it is. After 7,000 years of worship, right, before she tried to seduce the God of Pleasure, which was Slanesh, if you remember that back in 8th edition and End Times and all that, uh, she, she, she just waves away the millennia of taint. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd be very disappointed if this was the case. Because my idea of the story is this. So she goes from Marathi, High Oracle of Cain, to Marathi Cain, and Marathi, the Shadow Queen, to just the Shadow Queen. You follow me so far? Follow the bouncing ball. It yeah. sounds like she divests herself of her slanesh, tainted half, and really actually ascends to godhood now if you remember in the beginning of this conversation with you guys remember we talked about it, i didn't know if that was really going to be the case but as we've kind of flushed all this out and had this great conversation i think that's what's happening here i think she's yeah. gonna i think she's gonna do just that she's gonna divest herself of slanesh that that taint that that half and i think she's going to ascend herself to godhood i think that's i think mm -hmm. we're going to see this happen i think dustin i think you were right when you called it in the beginning of the show 
yeah, I I can I can see that happening because, um, again, she she is ashamed of her snake form. Um, you you see that when you know basically when she it was funny she tried to seduce uh, Nagash and he attacked her and <laughs> right and she lost her glamour, um, but um yeah I and she that's been her whole thing like that's why she appears in her human or elf form to actually go and treat with, you know, humans and elves and other stuff. And she wants to hide the fact that she was corrupted by Selenai. So that could be what's one of the things that she's doing. She's kind of trying to separate that part of herself away. Right. Um, and still, still utilize it when it's needed, but also, you know, just still pretend that she's just an elf and not, you know, a uh, something corrupt, uh, corrupted by Slanash. Exactly. So. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a pretty messed up duality, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it I, really I love, is. Marathi's kind of messed up, so that's I, okay. Well, we know, we know that. <laughs> I love that. But but how about this for a twist? Now that we're kind of winding this part of the topic down. Um, okay. So I think, I think she's going to be uh, going to godhood, right? And when I say godhood, yeah. I'm talking about techless. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, maybe I'm not talking about grandfather Nurgle. You know, I'm not talking about that, but I also yeah, think that there's a possibility. Not, not higher. Yeah, but I also think there's a possibility in the story arc because this this generally happens with these type of characters that she may fail to become a uh-huh. full god due to her chaotic corruption. Now think about this, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Th- this will this is gonna only I think I think this is only gonna make her stronger and reveal her allegiance with the factions of order to to be yet another of her many scams. Right? You yeah. Know, quite quite rightly as uh as why you know anyone would would not see uh, a you know a serpent-tailed bloodthirsty being that worships you know a, a clearly dead god cain and and follow a power-hungry manipulator who is you know blatantly beyond redemption as being anything other than you know not good uh i think is 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 kind of is kind of a strange thing so i could also see this storyline twisting a little bit on her at the very end you know because of her chaotic corruption which ties back well, into something I thought about that you said, Justin, and, and, and Dustin, please fill in after I say this. But when you said, Justin, you thought maybe she would go to chaos. So Yeah, and so, I, 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 I still think she may fall out, okay. of, out, of, out of the light of order because, I mean, <clears throat> Dustin and I have had the conversation before about her trying to gain the artifacts of Cain from the two remaining strongholds, which is Sigmar and, you know, the shadow elves, so right. to speak. And that betrayal alone would push Sigmar to the point where he'd just be like, you're done. Goodbye. Okay. You know, type of thing. And I know, I know if you push forward into say Warhammer 40, 40 K you have the Eldar and the dark elder, which are diminishing races there, but they are diametrically opposed as to diametrically where they, opposed. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where, where they sit. So, so having, having, Having the dark the dark elves and having the canites in order, it it never really sat right to me. Just because yeah. they, they yeah. never they never were truthfully followed that kind of that kind of conscript. But I can see why she was doing it to get power. Well, she had she, to. I mean, she, she took advantage. They were tolerated. She was, she was, she's being yeah, tolerated, tolerated more than anything. Yeah, but Dustin, because, about, oh, about what you were going to say? I'm sorry, Dustin. So go ahead. No, go say ahead. Say what you were going to say before I, I I made my point as far as what what Justin said as far as going to chaos as far as maybe she might fall because of her corrupted chaotic nature. Yeah, I, I mean she's uh, 
it'll be interesting because she could succeed in her gambit or she might fail. And she'll because basically public knowledge of Marathi is, oh, you're the Oracle of Cain. OK, you're you're an elf. OK, right, right. right. And right. basically what could happen is everyone would find out that we she was corrupted by being swallowed by Slanesh. Sure. And what could happen, like has been said, is her her anger and bitterness could lead her to, yeah, you know, replace Slanesh, absorb Slanesh, or just become some kind of, you know, chaos god of some kind. Well, um, who knows? Her, her, own, her be, own kind will turn. probably won't be in. Y- yes. But uh, they won't be they won't be in order. OK, you know, I don't think so, because, th- again, they're only in order because they fight chaos. Right. And that's, that's why and they're that's, tolerated. And that's where we at the end of all this, we might see the shadow elves and the true canines actually pop into to existence. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, while, yeah. while we're getting, you know, we're getting the shadow stalkers and all that stuff now. But it's like we might actually see the true faction of what is allied to order with mm-hmm. Malfurion's army coming into place and her falling out. Got it. You know, so it, it, you're going to see a divide in, in her household as it is between the true believers oh, yeah. and the ones that are so indoctrinated that they have to follow her or they die, you know, sure. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, good stuff, man. I mean, that was a, that was a great conversation, man. I'm, I'm so excited for this. I mean, Dustin, Close us out on this one, man. Any anything anything else you want to say on Daughters of Cain, Marathi? Anything before we, we 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 get to the question of the day here on Grimdark Live? Uh, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, you know when, when I've I've basically been using almost the same army build for you know year and a half, two years, Pretty and it'll one. be nice to change some stuff up and yeah. uh, experiment a little bit. But also, I just I like using snakes, so. Yay, an army that, you know, goes toward... Well, also, I'm going to actually use Marathi. I'll, I'll right. actually use Marathi in the, on the tabletop. You'll like, finally get her on be, the table. That'll be great. I'll, I'll actually, you know, take her out of the box and, you know, <laughs> that'll be great. <laughs> nice. All right, well, good stuff. And we're going to be right back with the question. You guys remember what the question of the day is, right? No. Oh, no. come on. No. Right. Oh, no. We're going to no. be right back with the question of the day for our guest first. And we'll be, we'll be right back. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day.
All right, here we go. We've got uh, we got the question of the day coming up. So uh, you guys remember at the top of the show, we, we told everybody what the question of the day is. And, and now we're going to see if my cohorts here, if uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly here with me tonight actually uh, remember what the uh, what the question of the day is. But we're going to throw this to our guest first because this is what we do, man. We throw them right into the barrel first. So, so Dustin, you ready? <clears throat> yep. Here's the question of the day. Does an army have to check every box to be considered a meta army or does it only need to master the phase it excels in? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I I would actually say both. Okay. Uh, Just case in point. um, Safe uh, answer. Like Iron Jaws. Iron Jaws, for example. Okay. Um, They obliterate things in melee. Um, They don't really have shooting um and they don't have like tons of magic either um so i i mean using dars of cain um obviously they excel in, in the um combat phase but um i have high movement um i do have shooting i do have magic um i, I would say it's very subjective to the actual army because there are some armies that can play in every phase i think it's very helpful to have an army that plays in every phase um that said you can have armies that do one thing and do one thing well um so it, it's that that's the tough call i think okay. um it's certainly helpful to have an army that plays in every phase because then you're you're you know not you're, you're not skipping a whole part of the game that you could be damaging your opponent in or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you tailor your army, right, you know, or there's an army that caters to a certain play style, like, um, you know, iron jaws, for example, they, they get in and they get, and they hit hard in the melee. Um, then that still works and it can be competitive. Um, it's, it's up to the, the player and, um, you know, their playing style. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it is very subjective. I would say in general, it is a good idea to play in every phase. I'll okay. say that. All right. There so, are armies so... that can be competitive in that. My opinion is it is, you will be better off if you have an army that plays in every phase. So, so, so you think, I you just... think it's got to check every box. I'm just going to go with that answer that you have. Uh, yes. Okay. I, it took me a long time to say it, but yeah. No problem. No problem. You should you should run for politics, man. That was a good end around on that thing. That was good. So 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 Chuck, I'm throwing this to you now. Here's the, here's the question of the day: Does an army have to check every box to be considered a meta army, or does it need to master the phase it excels in? Uh, so you know, I sort of looked at this from uh, a few years of playing the game since like 2001, 2002. Um, and I think you need to focus on a, a ratio. And so when you're army building, you need to look at your uh, faction that you have and build accordingly. And I always try to look at like a 70-30 ratio. Um, even 65-35 can, can work. 70% of your army is going to focus on what it's good at, meaning that an army needs to excel at that focus about 70% of the time uh, or with 70% of the points you're taking in that current phase. The other 30% of those points need to focus on countering uh, potential threats that your enemy would take. So like, let's take Daughters of Cain. If we add stalkers, we can have the focus uh, of that 
30% build on the shooting meta or the shooting phase of the game. The other 30% is countering magic, like in combat or movement or whatever else uh, the opponents can build their list at, which we would have a weakness against. Uh, so it might mean like taking chains or other spells to slow movement. Maybe you can then focus on staunch defender with liberators, uh, or you can take some type of anti-magic or negative one to hit bubble. Um, armies, I think, excel at certain phases and can capitalize on those. And you need to also, uh, as a player, focus on enjoying the army you play. So if you're not enjoying what you play, no one's going to have fun in the end, right? There you go. So we have to focus on on that aspect. So like when Dustin was talking about his build, he needs to have fun playing snakes. Justin needs to have fun playing whatever he's playing in whatever current <laughs> army. Uh and Pat, you got to take your Noblars so you can have fun. Because if we're not playing to have <laughs> at least a good time, <laughs> if we're not playing to have fun when we're taking a day off work or three days of vacation at an event or whatever game at the local game store, we're not going to enjoy what we're putting all of our time into. And we got to remember it's like the community is where it's at. So That's true. I, I love that you said that. That's good it. Stuff. So Justin, same same to you, man. Does an army have to check all the boxes to be considered a meta army, or does it need to master the phase it excels in? Um, it's not a simplistic answer, but for me, it is. The answer is no, it doesn't. Um, I don't think you need to check anything. I think an army needs to be built to counter your opponent's phase. So it needs to be able to mess with your opponent's phasing as much as physically possible while sitting on an objective. So if your opponent's heavy magic, then you need to be able to counter that. I mean, and you, granted, you don't know what your opponent's playing, but if you build to be able to counter every phase in some way or form, your army's more capable of doing its job than sitting there trying to build your army to excel. Because okay. you're not going to, you can't really excel. Like my, my gray water fastness. Yeah. They're heavy shooters. They have some. They have decent mobility to them, and they're very good at defense. Well, that's great, unless somebody gets right in my face. So sure. I need to find ways to stall them. So that's where, you know, my spell abilities come in to stall them. My prayer abilities come in to stall them. It's the things that you take to counter your your opponent's phasing more than the army they're playing. So, Caradon Overlords have a great example of this, and and that's the spell in the bottle. And sure. you're seeing this quite a lot with them taking the rat trap. You know, they're they're dropping that that triangle rat trap on people, and every time yeah. something right. in or out of it or whatever, you know, they're taking mortal wounds. They're messing with your movement. They're messing mm -hmm. with your charges. They're messing with your your shooting. Anything you do that causes you to to make a model move in that trap, you take damage. Right. So that's where I'm getting at. Is you know, the more you can mess with your your opponents, the more powerful your army actually has and more control they have. Okay. No, I like that. You know, yeah. And that's why yeah. Keratin, that's one of the reasons why Keratin Overlords are like sitting at the top of the meta because they can bounce out of combat. They can move their entire line and make you chase them across the board to get you off of objectives. Right. They can trap you. They can shoot you and cause enough damage to slow you down. I mean, they're messing with your phase over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I think I think to sum it up, what I would have to say to that question, and, and that's a good answer, Justin. Uh, I think what I would say to that is is the the, the basics of the game. To me, you got to have stuff that can get to stuff, stand on stuff, and kill stuff. Period. Mm -hmm. That that's really the essence of this game. And so I, I tend to think that um, you can 
You can at times, depending on who you're playing, forego, you know, being good in each one of the phases. But I think that if you were to say in this day and age, get rid of, say, the, the, the you know, get rid of the magic phase, you know, you, you don't have any casting, you're probably in trouble. Um, you know, um, unless you can, unless you can hit harder than winter on welfare, which, you know, I've got a, a six stone horn, you know, army that, that does pretty well with zero casting. But then again, that, 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 that's easily countered at times. So again, I go back to what I said before. I think you got to be able to get to stuff, stand on stuff and kill stuff. And if you can right. do that, I think you're going to be pretty successful. So I kind of lean towards the fact that in order to be a meta army, I think that, um, that you have to, uh, have to do that. And just like, just like our, our, my, my, my awesome co-host here, you know, Chuck just put up on the boards. Yes. Uh, the answer is nobblers, nobblers, and nobblers. I think as long cool. as you play nobblers, you will win every single game, especially 300 of them. All right. Good stuff, man. See, we had a long show tonight, guys. I mean, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was that was a big that was a big show, but you know we're not over yet, man, because we got the closing thoughts that we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be throwing out uh, to everyone and our and our, our our awesome co-host here, Chuck. You got the closing thoughts, man. It's to you. Uh, so you know my closing thoughts with you know as we review Marathi and her ever growing you know influence with this new Daughters of Cain book, and you know we've analyzed it three ways to Sunday over the last hour and 15 minutes. Um, I, I think from my point that I made when we, you know, did sort of our uh, summarizing thoughts from the book, I, I think we need to focus on, you know, one, uh, making sure that we play the game we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we're not enjoying the game at a local level or uh, regional level, then, then we're not really playing it for what it is. Uh, for some of us, it is competitive. For some of us, it's an escape from uh, the current, you know, doldrums we have in our current lives. Uh, with that, play it so that you enjoy it. We're building models. Uh, this is not something you have to take to your grave. You are not going to get buried with your Warhammer models. You know, you're going to give them to your kids. You're going to trade them to somebody else on Barter Town. Uh, you're moving forward with Games Workshop as a hobby, and and to. To put that in a nutshell, you know, rubbing that genie lamp, uh, we're just wishing to have the best future possible with the friends that we have and we're playing with. And mm-hmm. and to that, we are moving forward as a community and, and playing the game we love. I like it, man. Good stuff. Good awesome. stuff. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a heck of a show, man. See, I, I, I break my back last week and, and now you get a double show. It's kind of like a Marathi, you know, you get, you get, you get two, two shows. You get two Marathis, you get two Pats. Two Marathis, <laughs> two, two Pats. Why, could you imagine if there was two of me? Holy cow. No, be, no. You know, well, that's a, a, that's a good news you can play against yourself. I mean, think of it. Well, I play, did you say play, did, wait, did you say play with myself? I mean, I, the camera, no, the camera's on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff guys you guys honestly you guys what a great show and thank you guys for hanging in there with us and thank you guys for for allowing uh grimdark live to, to kind of you know rest his broken ass back uh last week but <laughs> but that's it that's a wrap man and uh, all the grimdark goons and i'd like to thank our, our guest dustin thanks for being with us man thank you so much for all your awesome content on daughters of Cain no and Marathi. thank you yeah and uh and, and all of us we'd like to thank our listeners for another great show we look forward to having you back next time we discuss all things related to dice dragons demons and dwarves in the warhammer world so please don't forget to join us next thursday i won't break my back this time but join us next thursday at 7 30 and also please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button if you haven't already done so and follow our podcast so until we meet again remember roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a 
Short, Short pants. pants. Short, Short pants. pants. That's it, man. Well, guys, thank you all very much for everything, and, and we'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Night. Bye, everybody. Good night. Happy hopping. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. short pain.